Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. I'm Dave. I'm here with Rich. Episode 270, Rich. How are you going? Ah, not too bad. Not bad, buddy. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm on the new microphone as well. You said I'm sounding deeper? Yes, you're sounding more uh, richer. Less nasal or just as nasal as always? A <laughs> uh, deeper nasal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Why not? Um Exciting news at this end, Rich. Um, basically, flashback to very early 90s, I read the first book in the Wheel of Time series. I bought the second and third books in paperback, quite enjoyed them, but never got through book two. And it was at the, that exact time period where I was giving up reading fantasy after basically reading fantasy um, you know, almost exclusively for about five years. And I, just, I was just tired of the genre, and I had tried a couple of times since to, to read The Great Hunt, which is the second Wheel of Time book, and again, quite enjoyed it, but it does have a slow plotting style, which is kind of what was turning me off the books at the time. I can now say, with the aid of Audible and having great, The Great Hunt on my Kindle uh, app on my iPad, I am now deeper into The Great Hunt. I'm about a third of the way through the book. I'm in an all-fresh territory. Um, it's taken 30 years, roughly, and uh, and suddenly Dave's in a whole new section of the Wheel of Time series, Rich. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and it's quite enjoyable. You know what it was? I just, I just when you when you go on one diet of one genre for too long, I was tired of the genre itself more so than any particular one book. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and to be honest, I've never really uh, look. I ne- now I'm more open to it, and we'll read a bit, a little bit of fantasy because I've read so much other stuff that I feel I've got more of a frame of reference, and I and I still quite enjoy it. I mean, that's why I read it for so many years. I I do like a lot of the concepts, and I also like the way it's kind of matured. But the the Wheel of Time series, have you ever read it, Rich? I know in the bookstores uh, was a big thing. I did try and read it many years ago, but mm. just. Never really got into it. Sure, sure. It is very Tolkien-esque, uh, but I would say he kind of like it's he, a lot of influence. The first book especially is almost like a direct ripoff of Fellowship of the Ring, but then he does take it in some other directions, um, which have as much to do with it coming out so long afterwards, you know, like he's the, the genre has kind of grown up a little bit. Um, yeah, so, yeah, well, I mean, but that, but that is the problem with um – well, that, that, that's kind of the problem with especially genres in novels is mm. that there's just so many and a lot of it can feel generic. Sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, I think I, I just felt when I started reading, I was like, oh, this just feels very mm. generic. And again, people have told me, oh, yeah, he changed. I was like, yeah, but by then I'd just gone like I don't care. The, the first, <laughs> the first book is literally like someone just took another pass at Fellowship of the Ring, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And it gets more interesting uh, after that, and uh, like I'm, I'm genuinely enjoying it. And I've actually got, I went and got because I've got them all on my Kindle, but um, I went and got all the, I got the the, the box sets of the paperbacks because um, I've always wanted to have them. Like I, you know, I've it's always you know, it's funny in life, Rich. I don't know about you, but 
I get very easily distracted and there are certain books and shows and movies that you're always like, I will read it one day. I will watch it one day. And I, for me, this is one of these things where I'm like, you know what? I want to devote some time. I enjoy it. It's a, it's a pleasant read. Uh, it's kind of like finishing Breaking Bad. I want to finish Breaking Bad. I'm halfway through. You know, uh, I want to finish The Wire. I'm three quarters of the way through. I don't know why it takes me so long, but it just feels like I've got a very low attention span, you know? Well, it could also just be that you 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 probably also yeah you tend to uh, chop and change. You That's probably it. start and you get a bit maybe bored, and you're like, "Oh, I'll check out this other show." And so, That's what happens it. is you keep bouncing between them instead That's of just it. like getting one done and then. And Michelle is so much better than me. She she will literally mainline a show. I've gotten better. Like um, I'm now halfway through the second season of Highlander. Um, and I did make a big dent in Breaking Bad and The Shield. And, like, I've gotten better, but I, there was a period in my life, Rich, uh, it was around the early 2000s, I found it I, – I probably did have undiagnosed, like, ADHD or something. I was finding it really hard to finish watching a movie. Um, I was – my attention would um, – it was weird. It was, it, was, it, was, it was hard for me to focus, if you know what I mean, on one thing. Mm. Um, uh, there was a lot of input coming in. It was a brief period, but I do recall that I had to force myself to finish certain bits and pieces of things that I that I quite enjoyed. It was like, I don't know, there was just a lot of other options on the table and I did find it hard to choose. As I've gotten older, I, it's easier, I think. You know, like, I, I find it easier. But also with the show, we're always doing... You know, there's there's always different bits of media to consume, kind of thing. It's it's kind of easier when it's for the show. You know, I'm like, okay, well, I have to watch it. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, that, well, that's the thing. I mean, when you've got work, and then there's also stuff you've got to do for the show, but then that's there's it. also stuff you want to do for yourself. And you know, it's just a matter of finding the time, the energy, the and the and the attention span. You're talking about the killings, yeah. The 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 hits that takes time. <laughs> no, I'm I, if if. If I'm that character, I'm the guy who's given up on that, who's living the you've quiet. Wa- you've walked away. I'm still learning. I'm I'm still I'm still in the game, man. You know, you've walked away. You're in your mountain retreat, there, Rich. Now, what have you been doing this week, Rich? While well, I've been uh, plowing through the Great Hunt. Uh, this week, nothing. I've pretty much been confined to my couch. Why? I, uh, well, I went for the the baseball tournament on last weekend. Oh yeah, and, that's right. How'd it go? Uh, we didn't. Sadly, we did not win as much as we lost. Oh. Um, but on the last game, I, I basically talked my knee. I've basically oh. dislodged my patella or really, uh, or Ooh, that's painful. whatever you want to talk about it. Where it's basically shit. It's come. So I've been sitting with a brace on for the last really? few days. It was. Let me tell you something. It was a really difficult five-hour drive back. I bet. Where I had to usually have to. I had to use my hand to lift my leg to put it onto the brake. Oh my god! Uh, Jesus. Uh, luckily, Richard. that was. But luckily, that was the last game. Wow! Um, I told you which, to be careful. Like, this is terrible news, man. So, which no, knee was it's, it? It's my right knee. It's still okay. a bit swollen, but Jesus. it doesn't hurt as much now when the knee pops. Fuck! Wow. Rachel. So the knee will will still will sort of still pop and move. Uh, uh-huh. Tuesday was the absolute worst. I couldn't even get up, uh, like out of you the. You didn't couch. tell me about this. I did ask you how your baseball went. You didn't tell me that you'd had a chronic injury. Jesus. Oh, I did say it was good uh, uh, that I was sore. You did say your legs <laughs> were sore. Want- yeah. <laughs> um, but Tuesday was even worse. So Tuesday and Wednesday was wow. the worst 
um thursday um as i said it's not it's not as not as bad and today was my first day back at work so uh that'd be tough wouldn't it on your feet that was a pain in the leg shit Wow. So is it is it something that you can recover from? Like Yeah, it's just I gotta wear I gotta wear the brace to sort of try and keep the you know, uh, it's it's a brace that basically has like a, a patella support. Right. Which which just tries to sort of push it up. Right. Um so that when the when the muscle and all that uh, sort of heals around it, mm. it it should go back into should go back into Jesus. place. Jesus. Oh my lord. Richard, I wish you'd listen to hey, me when I talk. The, 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 no, no, no. But this is I've this I've done many years ago as well. It's just it's unfortunately, an old injury. I, think the, yeah. I think the ligaments around my right knee are just a little bit um, um, loose. You're turning into me, Richard. You're turning into an old man like me. That's what's happening. No, to you. I, what I've got to do is I haven't really been <laughs> I haven't doing quad exercises that much. Which sure. I'm going to start. I'm going to start uh, getting back into that. I've mainly just been wow. focusing on upper body, which is probably a mistake. Right. Um, You've been not, skipping not leg day. You've no, I have not been day. skipping leg day. It's just that I only did one day of leg day. <laughs> the rest is wow. I feel I think sorry I for to, you. I need to increase the the leg day, but no, 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 no. It's fine. Oh, I just, man, I've, I'm used to sporting injuries. It's sure. just a way of life for me. Wow, wow. I'm just glad. Wow. As I said, I'm just glad it happened on the last game and yeah. not the first game. Look out, ladies. Poor old Richard. If you know, if there's any kind of hot nurses out there that want to come and tend to Rich. <laughs> these, these, like you know, there will be sexual uh, favors exchanged as well. Uh, I don't know, Rich, what the cash situation is. Uh, if you can offer them anything in terms of like you know, a sort of salary for this position or something, uh, <laughs> something out of signal funds, perhaps. I, I can, I can <laughs> offer them some good company and uh, yeah, some uh, witty repartee. Yeah, I think they prefer cash, Rich. Uh, <laughs> uh, not paid for anything, buddy. I'm not paid for anything. I'm Every, not that desperate. Uh, as I always say, everything's for sale. You know, <laughs> it's all for sale, Rich. <laughs> oh, you are you are a bit of a pimp. Oh, dear me. Well, poor old the invalid, we're going to call you, Rich. And um, by the way, I went to, um, you know, I had my normal back pain and everything t- today, and I went to and had my uh, massage today pain-free for the first time in about three weeks. And, and um, it's actually put me in a good mood. Um, is it, it your knee situation, it's too tender at the moment to even consider massaging or anything? You've got to just – it's too inflamed? Or uh, Yeah, I probably wouldn't do any massaging. Yeah, um, yeah. It's mainly just about trying to keep it – Be careful. Um, keep it in place. And I've been, I've been putting some, uh, like, uh, ice gel on it just to yeah. – uh, Jesus. Trying to reduce the swelling and well, that. you know what you should get because um, you've got to be on your feet. A walking stick. No, I'm not. Seriously. I'm not an invalid, Dave. <laughs> I, I'm not far away. I've got a walking stick. I, I I got it as a joke. Someone got. I think Michelle got it for me as a joke on my 40th birthday. I'm not far away. Some days from having to use it. Seriously, with, with all my pains <laughs> when I'm moving. Along. I'm 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 like an old man. Quite a lot in the cold mornings. I get up and you know and you know it's I'm down turning into an old man for sure. I mean you know it's we're going to be no, the two old men no. in the Muppets before. No, you know no, it, no, no. Oh, well, I'm already that old man in terms of mentality, but yeah, not uh, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll still be playing sport and whatnot for, okay. for many. Years well, take care of yourself, Rich. That's the well, you, no you limitations should. as you get older. No, no, no. So it wasn't a limitation. Basically, on the last day, mm. uh, which was actually the coldest day, we woke up and there was actually ice. Yeah, it was freezing. Um, and so basically the the ground was just a little bit more slippery and mm. it happened when I slid into second. Right, okay. And what happened was my uh, 
my left sort of um, leg went over the um, the the base, mm. and then my right knee just basically on the top of it, mm. sliding on my knee, mm. just hit that base because the bases don't move; they are like basically pegged into the ground. Right. Okay. And and that's what happened. And again, you've been playing baseball like the whole weekend, so your muscles are already like you know mm. pulling and sore and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, that's all it was. It was just a uh, an unlucky – it didn't just happen because I was, like, fielding or something like that. No, we're here, man. I mean, these things happen. I, I play sport, sports, too. I, I play sport, too. I understand. Like, sporting injuries are a part of the equation, especially as you get older as well. You know, like, um, it is well, what it, it is. Way, I'm, I'm luckier than the other guy who got hit in the face with a bat. Mm. Ouch. And then in the next game tore his pinky nail off his finger. So mm. – uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I wasn't the worst uh, injury-wise. Jesus, when it came it's to a war out there, isn't it? Like, it's a fucking war. Yeah. Where was this? Tamworth, did you say? Tamworth, yeah, yeah. Very nice place, actually. The first time I've actually been to Tamworth, it was quite lovely. Actually. I've only been once, and I do very briefly when I was young, and I do remember liking it a lot. Um, they've got the Tamworth uh, Country Music Festival there. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, all the all the venues were booked up because they were literally having the baseball tournament. They were having a rugby tournament. They were having the equestrian cool. show, um, and they were having the gymnastics stuff and all that. So all the places were full. In it's, fact, a, it's a pretty always. nice. It's a pretty nice place, man. Yeah, uh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in terms of Australian, like you know, rural places to go, it's it, it's it's right up there. I think. Um, the other thing I've been doing this week, Rich, um, I put I slid in Cyberpunk two. Um, 2077 into the PS5. What a delight. I am back on the streets, Rich. The Punisher is back. I'm breaking down the gangs again. You, you recall I had it on the Xbox One, and I always complained the graphics were a bit like GTA 4, but it was enjoyable. On the PS5, man, with the full graphics situation going on, Rich, you need to be playing this game. I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you need to be playing this game. This I'm is. Doing I'm doing lots of other things with my life. I think that this needs to with you. You're laid up on the couch. There's only so much you can do. Um, you oh, know. No, I, I I was watching MythBusters the entire time. MythBusters. Mm. Okay, that was lovely. It's a good show. I agree, but look, that gets boring after a while. Seriously, Cyberpunk dude is where it's at, Rich. Yeah, I so think I can, in I compare with uh, Elden Ring, so I'm fine. Yeah, Elden Ring's pretty good, but you've you've finished Elden Ring. Yeah, but you know, I, I want that quality. I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh, Cyberpunk's pretty good quality, man. What are you complaining about now? <laughs> Jesus, I'm out there busting, man. It's a game that I think is built for me. I'm just roving, busting down gangs on corners, barely paying any attention to the main story. I might, my well, God. That, well that, that's probably why you're enjoying it because you're not paying attention to the actual shitty stories. So. I don't even know the story. Like, um, something to do with crime. But yeah, man, it's there's so much to do in this game, dude. And I've got my guy had to restart it all because I'm playing on the PS5 now. And um, I've got a katana, and my guy's got the shotgun going, and it's a hell of a lot of fun, man. I'm having a good time. And I got on the um, this was actually hilarious. So last night. Uh, as listeners to the show will know, I'm a big fan of the cricket and the Australian cricket team. And um, I finally broke down and on Games Pass downloaded uh, Cricket 22, you know, the, the new cricket game. And it's not even oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not even good, but I'm fucking, like, <laughs> addicted. And I, and, I bat, and I played till 1.30 a.m. this morning. And uh, my and my guy's, uh, he's averaging 45. I'm playing career mode, so he's, he starts it in club cricket. Dude, it's not even that good, and yet I'm still totally addicted to batting. 
You know what I mean? And you know me, Rich. I, I've scored two centuries. I got out for 99 um, in one of my – in about my third innings, I got to 99 and then and then got caught, but I've hit two centuries so far. I mean, it's fun, man, but, like, for me – But those games are only fun um, to bat. They're oh, totally, not yeah. Fun to field or, or bowl. No, no, they're not fun to, to field or bowl, I agree. I remember – you remember back in the day we had the um, the one that was on the Xbox 360? You remember that one? Um, there was, like, oh, yeah, Sh- Shane yeah, yeah. Warnes and Brian Lara's cricket, but there was also another one that you and I used to play a lot. Um, it was an Ashes one that we used to yeah, play. Yeah, it was Ashes. I think it was – yeah, it was like the Ricky Ponting's one, but, like, further further down the thing. And, I mean, I, I still think those were better than this, you know? Um, I used to love those games. Um, but, but, like, it's first person, and I, I preferred it when you saw it from the bowler's point of view and you're batting – so you were so, – so you, in the original games, you had the TV view, you know, where the camera's facing the batter. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this Cricket 22 and these big ant games, you, you've got it from the batter's point of view. You know what I mean? Like first person? Mm-hmm. Which I'm not a fan of as much. I think it, it takes yeah. some of the fun out of it. Like, but regardless, I hit two centuries and um, but but I'm going to stop playing it because I get addicted to it, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get I, totally addicted. I, I used to enjoy our, our FIFA nights a lot more. Yeah, the, well, FIFA was better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just remember you screaming at the uh, yeah, 3D right. characters on the screen, threatening to rip up their contracts. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, yeah, I, I believe you me. I mean it as well. Um, yeah, no, that was good as well. But, like, all those games, like, they're so addictive and yet exhausting, I find. Like, I used to – we used to play so much FIFA. I've actually downloaded it on the um, on the PS5, but I just I – just, I can't bring myself to start playing because I know how addictive it is. Um, mm. Do you still play it? No, God, no. I haven't played FIFA in years. Mm. Now, um, turning to some news, uh, Thunderbolts movie is coming, Richard, from Marvel Studios, which – will feature, I, mean, I don't even know what his name is, US agent John Walker. Um, Elaine from Seinfeld is going to be, like, running it, I think. Um, you know, Julia Dreyfus, whatever her name is. Um, who else is going to be in the Thunderbolts, Rich? Uh, could the Abomination be in it, do you think? Not, that cost too much. The Abomination, you know, how he was in some of the... Um, he turned up in like one of the yeah, recent that's, movies. Yeah, but that's still cameo. That's a, that's a lot of CG. I mean, I don't know. Are you talking about a Disney Plus movie or an actual theatrical movie? I I think it was. I'm 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 going to. I, I think it's going to be uh, a proper movie, man. I, I'm, well, the, the well, the issue is there isn't that many characters to choose from from the MCU. Well, who because, else is there? We've so far we've got US Agent. Who else? Um, <laughs> Namor. I mean, I suppose, Namor. I suppose, well, he has not been introduced yet. Okay. Like. The Thunderbolts are supposed to be either villains who are trying to reform or mm. fallen heroes trying to get back onto the, you know, who've made Hawkeye? mistakes. Hawkeye? Oh, Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo, because he, he was in the movies, man. That, yeah, that, that you, guy. you could have Baron Zemo. But again, a lot of the villains are dead, so. Mm. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could have Wanda, I guess, if she, if, she, if, they, just, if she's alive. If we just keep milking that, like... Well, I said, I'm just trying to think of villains who would want to reform. Venom? 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 He's not technically part of the MCU. Yeah, but if we're getting desperate, surely we could get him. You know? Why not? Sounds pretty good. Deadpool? See, I'm coming up with some great ideas already. 
You're coming up with some fantasy ideas, mate, not actual. <laughs> well, well, I've come up with Deadpool and Venom. They're both characters I've that, been, that have I, movies. Yes, but I specifically said the MCU characters, not <laughs> the outside of MCU characters. Hulk? Hulk? Why not Hulk? Again, I well, again, if it's a proper movie, I guess they could go for the CG. You know, it depends how much money they want to spend. I, on the CG. I, I just can't think of any other ones than the ones I'm saying. Like, I think Venom's a good idea. Yeah, I know you're shooting it down for reasons only known only to you. But well, maybe they might uh, choose some. Well, as you said, if it's US agent, maybe they're going to choose a lot of people from the TV shows and all that. Maybe they'll be like, I don't know, She Hulk and Moon Knight. I don't know. Here like, we go. Here we go. So I've got a list. The cast is yet to be officially announced. The fans are speculating. Characters could include Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. There you go, Hawkeye. Um, I don't even know who Valenta Algeria de Fontaine is. Is that Julianne Dreyfus's character? I think it is. Um, Baron Zemo. Florence Pures. Yelena Belova. I think that's the girl that was in Black Widow. Mick Coulter's Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. There you go. And John Berthold's Punisher. I was just thinking about Punisher just just then. Yeah, Punisher could be in it. Ghost Rider. What about the Rider? Remember, I said Wolverine. Just, Dave, just pick all the names you want. Just just pick everything. Just pick whatever you want. Doesn't well, matter. I just came up with the Rider and Wolverine. Yeah, characters that have not even been introduced yet. So good on good on you, Dave. <laughs> Well, they've been around. They've been in movies, man. So I'm just, I'm just spitballing ideas here. You know, like I don't know. It just other because I mean, dude, do you really need the chick from Black Widow? Like whoever the fuck that was. Like, well, I assume that the Thunderbolts will be scraping the bottom of the barrel. So I don't know. I mean, I, I thought personally that that guy who played Baron Zemo did a terrible job. I, I never liked his Baron Zemo. I, you know, I don't even really know Baron Zemo from the comics, but. Uh, I honestly thought it was uh, it, 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 it was such it was so weird because you take this super serious character from the movie, right, and then you make him a joke in the TV show. Like yeah. they did a complete one eighty on his personality and all that. It was very weird. I wasn't a fan of it, to be honest. I I thought it sucked. Oh, um, I just thought of one, um, Bucky, Bucky Barnes for Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, that could definitely be one. Yeah, because he's kind of like I'm trying to think of anti heroes. You know what I mean? You can't just say Thor; he's too much of a hero. So you got to go Rocket Raccoon. There's one. Rocket Raccoon. How about well, that? I'd have to get a different voice because I believe uh, oh. what's his name, uh, Bradley is 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 that's the the next movie will be his last, and then he's extremely he's replaceable. Extremely. No, replaceable. but I'm just saying it could be, but they'll get a, they'll have to get a different voice actor. I'm sure they could back the money trap up so he could voice a fucking character in you know the Thunderbolts movie. You know, I don't know. It 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 feels to me like it's desperation time where where a lot of these people that we're, they're pitching suck in in essence you know what i mean like um i know that the the elaine from seinfeld was teasing it but like are you excited by john walker us agent being in thunderbolts i'm not no i don't mind but again uh, the problem is is the the problem i find with the mcu is it's like trying to run before you've you've learned to like walk um mm. They're in such a rush to get to, like, where the, all the stuff the comics have done. But mm. the, the comics have had, like, 
decades worth of like character development and story and, yeah. and characters to get to where you could do a Thunderbolts. Whereas, as I said, doing a Thunderbolts, you've really been like, Jesus Christ, what characters are we going to use for a team that's supposed to be ex-villains who want to reform or, mm. you know, heroes who have gone down the wrong path and trying to get, like, it's, you don't have that many to choose from. And, no. and even the ones you do have to choose from are such, you know, bottom of the barrel. Yeah characters like of like who people go who oh right oh, oh okay that you know what i mean it's like yeah it's one of those things you'd have to really look at it and say listen we've got to bring some big name characters oh yeah, i just thought of one crossbones from captain america isn't he dead uh, maybe but like i'm just thinking if they could resurrect him like a zombie version yeah. or something you know who knows you know you, you've got to come up with some you've got to come up with some cool like a zombie version of him would be cool you know like stuff like that, you've got to get a bit creative. The evil Doctor Strange, uh, uh, you know, there, there's an option for you. The evil Doctor Strange from Doctor Strange Two. Mm, again, I said you, you. That's my point: is that you don't you don't have a, a wealth. Well, I'm coming up with some great ideas here, Rich, and you're just shooting them down. Like, well, uh, you know. maybe if you actually came up with great ideas, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be congratulating. <laughs> I still like Venom and Deadpool. I think, I, and and how about remember in Doctor Strange Two where I really was thought Wolverine was going to be in it, and then I was just so disappointed, and then I was convinced that Ryder was going to be in it, and again was so disappointed. Like. Yes. Um, Moon Knight? Moon well, Knight. I said, I said Moon Knight already. Oh, did you? Oh, okay, well. All right, moving on. I mean, you, I, I was so proud of myself for thinking of Moon Knight, and you've already said it, apparently. So um, that's just that's just life, isn't it? Uh, now, you asked for my opinion on the new Sandman trailer, Richard. You told me to watch it. Thank you for telling me this. My opinion was it looks good. I, I watched it just uh, before the show. Um, it looks very in keeping with what I would expect. Uh, from Sandman, that kind of like magic-y, dark vibe. I mean, I think it looks promising. You've got the guy there. God, what's his name? He's he's like the, the Corinthian. The Corinthian. He's like the, I don't even know what he is, like the, the king of serial killers or something. And and uh, he's in the trailer. Uh, yeah, I thought it looked good. Have, have you watched it, Rich? No. Really? So you gave no, me the I job. Was- no, well, it's your character. You love you love I Sam. Love Sam. I just thought uh, I'd be no because I did hear there was mixed. Oh, really? Um, there was mixed um, uh, views on the trailer. Really? Uh, so that's why I just thought it'd be interesting for you to give the listeners your. Well, your I thought Sam. it looked all right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I thought the the guy playing it looked good. Um, I hope it's not cheap looking. It looked a little cheap in some ways, but overall, I thought it looked it looked pretty good. Um, and I believe it comes out in early August. Yes, yes, I believe so. So it's not far away. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I mean, God, I hope it's good, really. Um, it's been so long. We've been waiting for this, you know, and so much has come and gone. So many nations have risen and fallen. But um, it just, man, I mean, if you think about it, like kind of the the character that really made Vertigo a big thing. You know what I mean? Like, he might not have been the first comic, but he was the one that really broke through on the Vertigo line, the Sandman. Um, um, I, I think, yeah, I think it definitely elevated. I would say that, I, I would say Constantine. Yeah, yeah. And and even Swamp Thing um, and even, sure. uh, what's it, um, uh, Morrison's Doom Patrol. Um, was, but, that, yeah, was that Sandman, Vertigo? I'm pretty, yeah, yeah. Uh, Morrison's Doom Patrol was Vertigo. Okay. 
but I mean, there were some stuff there, but Sandman definitely sort of like punched it up. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, yeah. like you know, people knew of Vertigo, but Sandman just be, like it was that rocket that yeah just became massively popular um, in Vertigo. That that yeah that that just basically took it higher. In classic style, I didn't read an issue until years after the final issue, and then I I, I remember picking it up and and to be fair, the first few issues for me are a tough read, and then it really kicks in a high gear. You know what I mean? Like when I started reading it. Uh, with the reputation it had as well. Like, it had this reputation. I like Neil Gaiman. I'd read a couple of his books, loved American Gods. When I went to read the first Sandman, I was kind of like, really? Is this it? And then it really, on about issue four or five, it just kicks into, like, a whole new gear, and then there's no looking back. Um, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to the, to the show. Um, it's going to be tough, though, because the comic is so good. The original comic is so good, uh, that run, that in that medium, that it, it, you can potentially do it, but to match the level of expectation is going to be hard, I think, because one genre has done it so well. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and, and uh, how many times have we been let down by Source Patrol? I look at The Stand, great book, and that last TV adaptation was a mess, you know? It was an absolute mess, and it had money thrown behind it. It didn't look cheap, but it was just a, in the editing room. They just messed it up completely. So you can get a really good property, have proper money behind it, and still totally fail, you know, in the execution. Yeah, well, I mean, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because I think a lot of them, they tend to fail because – um, they maybe stick very close to the source material and then deviate mm. um, and take it down maybe a different path. But then sometimes, maybe sometimes sticking too close to it can be a problem or you come in and you change it too much. Yeah. You know, because I mean, uh, but I always think it's safer to stick as close as you can to the original because you have to remember what you're trying to do mm. is you know, you, you're not doing it for the people who have, say, read the books already, right? Mm. Like, that's an added benefit because they'll be like, oh, I read the books. I want to, you know, I, I want to see it in live action. Mm. So you kind of do want to give them what, you know, as close to what you can, what they're familiar with the book. But the book wouldn't have been popular if it wasn't for what was in the book. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what you're trying to do is show it to people who have never seen the book and go, this is what the book is. Yeah. But when you deviate so far from it, one, you're going to alienate the people that um, did like a book or a series or whatever, and they're just going to go, "That's not the, that's not the thing I like." And then maybe other people go, "What is the shit? I thought there was supposed to be some popular book series. If there were the book is, I I would never read it." Like, yeah. I, I always think it's safer to always err uh, on trying to be as close to the source material as possible. I, I know you've got to change some things mm. for movie or TV, but I always think to myself, the safest option is try and be as close to the source material as possible because it was popular for a reason. That's true. Um, you know, and, and every single, like, I think them changing the death character is a mistake. And not for any racial reason, just simply because that is one of the most popular um, images from Sandman. You know what I mean? Like, that is so iconic. Why would you want to mess with that? And, and that's, I just feel like that's just so weird to me that, and they'll defend it and say death can be anything. And yes, she can be. But. The fact of the matter is that that death design, it broke through, you know. Like I would dare say it's it's better known than Morpheus in comic book circles, you know. 
Mm. Um, so I don't know. Uh, anyway, but that's a minor thing. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, fingers crossed is is all I can say for it because. American Gods for me, um, I really got to finish watching it, but I just never felt it hit the heights that I was hoping for. Um, it was good, but not great. And I think the American Gods is a fantastic book. Um, I don't know. There's just so many things. I guess it's just a, it like it's the danger of going, but he's involved with it heavily, Neil Gaiman, which is good. You know, he's got more in a lot. He said he has a lot more input in this than he had in American Gods. Um, I see David Goya involved. That never makes me feel good, you know. <laughs> I just how this guy keeps getting work on comic book properties. I don't know. Um, it's just the power of being a producer in Hollywood, and um, yeah, we'll see. Now, so that's in early August. Now, Miranda Otto, Australia's Miranda Otto, will reprise the role of. How, how do you say this, Richard? Is it Ewan? Ewan? Ewan. Ewan. In the upcoming animated Lord of the Rings prequel, which is the Ro- um, Riders of Rohan movie. Uh, I am looking really forward to this animated uh, thing. I hope it's good, frankly. I think it tells – is it the Battle of Helm? No, it's not the Battle of Helm's Deep. It's the battle, the original battle where Gondor and Rohan allied, I believe. Set like a couple of hundred years before Lord of the Rings. Okay. And she's going to narrate it. So, okay, fair enough. Um, now, are you familiar with this guy, Billy Kamets, who lent his voice to various roles across both gaming and anime like Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, Persona 5 and more, has passed away at the age of 35. I believe he may have been suffering from cancer. Are you familiar with this guy's work, Rich? You're the voice guy. Um, if it's a lot of, like, uh, Japanese stuff, no. What do you mean by that? Um, well, I don't watch a lot of, um, uh, 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 I don't watch that much Japanese anime and the stuff I do watch, I watch, um, uh, not dubbed. I watch subbed. Oh, okay. So I don't know a lot of voice actors who do a lot of anime stuff. I thought you were Mr. Voice Actor. I thought you were. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in terms of like, uh, Western animation. Yes. Oh, I see. I see. Well, he's dead. You know, like, what can you say? He's gone now. You know what I mean? Could he have narrated his own funeral? That would have been kind of interesting. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> Now, that'd be kind of trippy, yeah. wouldn't no, it? No, I, I had I had a look on his stuff, and he does a lot of, like, Japanese JRPG stuff. He does a lot of um, well, anime. Did. Did a lot. Did. Did a lot. Yeah. And, um, but again, um, I, I don't... The stuff I do watch, I don't. I watch in Japanese. So, right. well, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him. Richard has not heard of him, but he's dead, you know. And we just have to accept it and move on. I think, Rich, don't you? It's it's. Well, it, we're gonna have to. It's exactly. I've got any options. Like it's. <laughs> you can fight it. You can rage against the dying and alive, but at the end of the day, it comes, man. The Reaper, and it came for him at age thirty-five. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, that is uh, that is. Fairly young. It is young, man. Now, accident or no? It was cancer. Oh, was it cancer? He was battling cancer, I believe. I was trying to read the articles because, I mean, without meaning to get dark, you know, when it's suicide, they always try to dance around the topic, and snoops like me like to kind of really stick our sticky beaks in. And um, but when I did my bit of sticky beaking, I believe he he sadly had he struggled with the terminal disease. I think I think it was cancer. If it wasn't cancer, it was something like that. And um. 
yeah, as we can say, he's narrated his last fucking anime, hasn't he? Really. It's all over for him. Now, um, we also lost Iconic. This is fucking sad. Batman artist, and more than just Batman, Tim Sale. Uh, He was 66 years of age. Uh, We know him well from things like, I'm thinking like Hulk Grey, Daredevil Yellow, Superman for all seasons. The biggest one. Long Halloween. Long Halloween. Yeah, but like plenty of stuff. Like No, but I'm saying like uh, like when you think of him, you always think of, because he has such a a, a, a unique style mm. um, a, um, that uh, when you think of him, the first, like there are other things, but the first thing that always comes to mind is always uh, Long Halloween. For me, it's Superman for all seasons for some reason. I don't know why, but well, that came afterwards though. So. Well, I don't care. Like, so what? The first thing, the first thing I think of is the, that's what I think of, and I also think of. Um, what did he do? Hulk Gray or something? No, Spider Man Blue. That's what I think of. Spider-Man Blue. Sorry, I thought you were the... Um, Spider-Man the fucking fan. Blue. My, my apologies. Yeah, I do like Long Halloween. Yeah, it's good, but but I'll, I'll take Spider-Man Blue over over that for sure. Hmm. Uh, regardless, he was a real talent. Now, Richard, you're the artist here. Why did he only do kind of like limited series with Jeff Loeb all the time? Like, Why wasn't he on regular books, like monthly books? Did he have other job outside of comics? To fund this, you know, like was he in advertising or something? I don't actually know. He's, um, uh, it's just, I guess, certain um, artists they um, they may not be uh, great with the deadline, and so um, you know, or they don't want to work on a monthly book. Maybe you know sure. what I mean. Maybe he prefers to do short or prefer to do mm. shorter um, uh, miniseries or or. You know, but how much cash would he be getting from that? Like royalties? I mean, because Long Halloween, Spider-Man Blue, they were kind of evergreens. Like they never went out of print. So would, would he have a living off just those? Um, I mean, possibly. I mean, he. I mean, the stuff that he did probably sells a lot to this day, mm. I would imagine, in reprints and all that. Um, Great artist. Great artist, like um, you know. I'm sure he did other stuff. I'm sure he worked on like you know with TV or. I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now. Um, you know, just I was always curious of why he was kind of more of a limited series kind of guy. Uh, he won an Eisner. Um, severe health issues. Uh, trying. But he did actually do a lot of work though. Yeah, Catwoman went in Rome. That was a good one. I really like his Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, and Hulk Gray. Um, really, really a good, uh, really, a, 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 I would say great drawer, but, uh, but I kind of, I like that his, his work is very not saturated because it's such a unique style. It makes those books that he worked on, um, more iconic in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's these great collections that mm. he's known for, you know, like again, the long Halloween, the, um, uh, daredevil yellow, Spider-Man blue, Hulk Grey, or you know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. uh, I think he even did Captain America White. Right. Yeah, he did. He so, did. you know, so he's kind of like seen as a, not an event, but like a, like, oh, this is, this must be a really good, you know, yeah. mini or, or something like that. So I like that his work is a bit more special than just like, oh, he worked on monthly books and, mm. and stuff. Although he did a bit of that, I think. He did do a bit of it, but I don't know. It's just, it's just sad he's gone because like such a, such a, Really, I mean, I think such a distinctive artist. I think I, I think he really 
his art on those books. And I do think of Spider-Man Blue. I, I think it's one of the best Spider-Man books. You know, I really, I think it's amazing. And Jeff Loeb's script is fantastic, but he he breathed life into the in, into the work, like really fully. And uh, also oh, yeah. Superman it, for All Seasons as well. Good yeah, one. His style is so unique and just fantastic. Like it's just such a, it's such a wonderful stylized um work that he does do you know what it, i mean is it disrespectful to speculate on the reasons for the death at 66 was it covid i mean he definitely looks poorly you can see how he really i, I guess he was 66 and the picture here on wikipedia in 2018 he looks a lot older than pictures can, from the he, 90s he could also have been battling you know health issues or, or, or anything Emphyse you know. emphysema i'm looking at this picture i'm seeing potentially a smoker a drinker you know potentially oh. Well, who knows? As I said, um, they haven't come out with the the. Do you the, find that annoying? I do. I, I I mean, I look. No disrespect to Tim Sale. Like, don't turn this. This isn't a Tim Sale hit piece. May he rest in peace. But there's a part of me when so someone passes away, you know, I the kind of the vultures gather. Uh, I tend to be one of them. You know what I mean? Like to pick over the corpse, and I like to know the reasons why. Does that maybe a bad person, Rich, or am I just a curious person? So all I could find out is that he was brought to the hospital with with uh, health uh, sure. problems. Um, so as I said, I don't um, long COVID potentially in pneumonia. Again, he could have been unwell. Mm. You know, maybe you know again some kind of cancer or something. You know, because sometimes you also get like just I want to say mild cancer, but like not necessarily like immediately life-threatening yeah and it could be prolonged sort of you know uh, cancer and he, 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 we don't we don't know maybe it was a substance problem as well you know we don't know we we, we not, could have been anything tends to go there automatically though <laughs> <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm i'm just speculating I, all we've got to go on is the pictures and the pictures show to me he looks in poor health you know in in these later pictures when i type in tim sale 2020 but you know. again, but some people have. I mean, look, look, look at the, what's that? Uh, Chadwick Boseman. Like, no one knew that he was basically dying. But that's only died. because he didn't go out. Because when you saw the pictures of him, when he lost all that weight, he looked fucking ill. But he just yeah, was but going. Someone might have a health issue that they just don't want to share with people. They don't yeah. maybe want people to know what. Yeah, you know, I get it. They, I don't know. As Dude, I said, uh, I, this, I, this comes from I, me. I, my brain just doesn't automatically go to the overdose, like drug. No, no, I'm not saying overdose. I, I, I'm, I'm. When I look at this picture, I'm seeing someone who potentially, it might be smoking. For example, it might be emphysema, something like that. You know, like where your your body is 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 struggling to breathe. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong with your body as you get older. Um, oh God, what was I going to say? Remember when I got that diagnosis where they're like, you might have multiple sclerosis, and I was like, fuck, might have, Jesus. And, you know, because with all my pains and stuff and everything, and it turns out it was a, you know, a, a false diagnosis, but plenty of things can go wrong with the body. I'm, I'm not taking shots at Tim Sale here. I'm saying it, it happens, unfortunately, to us all as we get older. And um, it's all about, you know, you try to dodge the bullets and lead a healthy lifestyle, but who knows when your number's going to come up, Rich? That's what I'm saying here, you know? Well, I, I saw a picture of, of him again, and I, I can see these, like, weird marks on his neck. I, I think he's probably had some maybe like pancreatic cancer or okay. 
or something like that. I, I think he's been in decline, like health wise, probably for a while. For a while, it's sad. Um, yeah, well, rest in peace, man, to Tim Sale, who gave us some f- fantastic work. I, I'm sure that's of cold comfort to his family right now, but um, you know, he really did. He he elevated the, he elevated the the art. Frankly, I, don't know, I, think, I think that it, I, I think that can be comforting to know that, sure. like, you know, he's no, his work is is there. Oh, yeah, like, he's loved. He's he loved. Is, like, heeah. he's beloved. You never hear anyone say. I've never heard anyone say, "Gee, I don't like Tim Sale." Is art? You know what I mean? Like, he's 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 in generally beloved artist, and he was on some great books. And I just feel sorry for the family. I think and everything. I, know, you know? I mean, it's always terrible. I mean, I think it's terrible no matter the age or whatever. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, unless maybe like you know, hundred and one. Although, although, okay, Tim Sale, you know, family, switch off from this because I'm going to make a comment now that will may seem uh, insensitive, but it's not meant to be. So there were people online carrying on with Tim Sale dying, George Perez dying, and Neil Adams dying, and they're all like, "Fuck 2022, it doesn't get worse than this." And I'm like, these these were all sick old men. You know what I mean? Like, this, this, this wasn't 15-year-olds killed in a car accident. Like, these are older men with health issues passing away. It happens all the time. Like, try, don't try to make out, like, like it's, you know, JFK's been shot in Dallas in his prime. Like, these are all older people with health issues. Well, look, as I've said, I've said this before, I'm sure people are sick of it. Like, I, there's just a lot of soft people in the world today who, who, who you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We, and say, oh my god, 2022 is the worst year of like fucking ever because sure. you know some of my favorite artists have died. Does it suck? Yes, but Jesus Christ, the worst year. Like, I well, yeah, like when David like, Bowie died, I was like, I would like to have a word with you as to the worst days in fucking history. Like, I'm sorry, like, I, I say one of the worst days, it depends on where you are, too, no, because years or whatever. Like, come on, yeah, well, I mean, World War II. You know what I mean? Like those years, if you're in a concentration camp, I'd say that's worst years of all time. If you happen to be a Jew in Germany, if you were Japanese when they dropped the bomb on you, that's a fairly bad day for you. Um, you know, but like in terms of celebrities, I know there's attachments. Like when, when Sinatra cashed out at 98. Now, I'm as big a Sinatra fan as you could get, but his health had been in serious decline for a number of years prior to him dying. So whilst it was extremely sad, it was also... Uh, just a of life. It was inevitable. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, they haven't cracked immortality. And if I had, I wish he'd still be alive now in his prime. Like, uh, it's sad, yeah. 1995, Christmas Day, Dean Martin dies. John Lennon shot dead, 1980, at 40. Now, that's sad because he's 40 and he's still producing. You know, um, but, you, you know, I don't know. It's just weird the way, like, some people dying and people carrying on like there's never been a death before. And it's like, Jesus, calm the fuck down. You know, like it's going to happen to you too. What do you want a parade? <laughs> like I just, I just, it, I just get tired of it, man. Like you know, like oh my, like when when David Bowie died and Prince died in the same year. Yes, two massive icons. People were like, oh my god, fuck this year. Like what more could it do to us? It's like, well, and one that hasn't done anything to you. Yes, I was going to say it's done nothing to you at all. Yeah, but, that, but that's but that's how self centered people are. Yeah, it's not about it's not about the person. It's about them. Yeah. But also, if you they know, really love David Bowie, they can still play their fucking David Bowie songs. It's not yeah. like they, not like David Bowie has to come to your house to sing fucking Under Pressure or Let's Dance well, or something. In, in a sense, like, yeah, like, but that's why I said, like, if you're a comic book artist, a comic book writer, an actor, a singer, you're not really gone. 
Yeah. Yes, there might not be any new things from you, sure. but your stuff isn't gone. You can still enjoy that person's music, their movies, their books, whatever. It's still there. Uh, it's the poor schmuck who's like lost his mother and doesn't have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Books and movies and music to, rem- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, put it in perspective, man. Like, it's, Thank it's you. still there. Their work is still there. I'm so glad oh, you're yeah. on the show, Richard, and you could get the what I was throwing down because I was just getting, I, I saw it today and my eyes almost rolled out of my head. And I was like, seriously, like, some elderly men have died. You know, shock fucking news for you like you know i'm so sorry like are they going to be turning up tomorrow at some anonymous person's funeral with the same level of grief or not you know like really calm down um okay so moving on from that uh marvel's wasteland wastelanders director jenny turner hall says fans will lose it over rog robert patrick's interpretation of wolverine in the new series. So it's a, I read into, I was like, what the fuck is this even talking about? Like it's a podcast where Robert Patrick, you know, him from Terminator to judgment day and many other things. He is voicing Wolverine, Rich, Ooh, which I think is actually cool. quite good casting. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's a podcast that's going to be coming out soon called wastelanders. Now, Richard, this next news item, <laughs> I want to go on record as saying, I think it's one of the worst fucking ideas in history. Um, I'm just going to read this out and then I'm going to go straight to you for your reaction. Lady Gaga is reportedly in talks to star opposite Joaquin Phoenix in the highly anticipated sequel to Joker. The film will likely be a musical with Gaga playing Harley Quinn as revealed by The Hollywood Reporter. So just digest that for a second. Lady Gaga wants to play Harley Quinn and it's going to be a musical sequel to The Joker. What do you think, Rich? That just sounds so stupid. It does, doesn't it? It just sounds like it sounds like a joke on Saturday Night Live. It it, it sounds like a joke that someone like who the f- a who the fuck wants Lady Gaga to be anywhere near Harley Quinn? Two, who the fuck wants a musical sequel to The Joker? Um, this this I will say this: this movie will bomb if this if this comes out like this. Uh, if she's just Harley Quinn, okay, I, I would not my first choice for Harley Quinn, but okay. But if it's actually a musical, that will bomb. Batman fans will fucking vacate the cinema. Uh, it's such a shit idea. Yeah, it's just terrible. I, I, I just how much more you can say about that? I just think it stinks. I, I think this sounds like something that's been cooked up in a Coke fucking weekend. And someone just, you know, thought this is what a great idea this will be, and it's not. It's terrible. Um, now, I, I, th- I just think that's Lady Lady Gaga trying to speak something into existence. Yeah. You, oh, you think Lady Gaga's behind it? Really? I think so. I, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. I've never really understood the hype. You've got someone to leak that or try and get it in there. So, you know what I mean? Try and make it happen, you know? Yeah, speak make it happen. I know she's got a big fan base, and, and like, that's something that I think studios do take it you know pay attention to she does seem to have given up on the music career and pretty much gone all in on acting now well she was in the house of uh gushy um (laughs) is is that what it was it's gucci gucci yeah yeah gucci yeah um and she was in star is born yeah yeah Uh, and she was also in uh what was that tv show uh the horror American Horror Story? Oh, yeah, she was in American Horror Story as well. None of these things have I seen. So, I mean, uh, is she amazing in them? Because I've never I've never really understood the attraction of Lady Gaga. Yeah, 
If I watch a Star is Born, I'll, I'll watch the one with um, Barbara Streisand uh, and uh, Christopherson. Yeah, that's a great fucking version. I love that movie. I, I, I must admit, I've never watched the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Star is Born. I, I do really like the original, or not the original, but the, the Barbara Streisand, Chris Christopherson one I really do like. I think it's excellent. Mm. Um, yeah, but um, Lady Gaga, I've just never really, it, it's just not my thing, I think. I think if, I'm just like, I just don't get it. I just don't get why she's so popular. I don't like the music. What, what I've heard of the music, I don't like. <laughs> so... You know, maybe the acting's better, but uh, you know, music is is okay. It's it's uh, it. Some of it sounds very Madonna-ish, and uh, mm. some some of it sounds pretty awful. But I mean, it's. I wouldn't say she's like terrible. She's yeah. just very derivative. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and successful. Now, Richard, Obi Wana. I got oh, in trouble. I got in trouble last week because I hadn't watched it. If you recall, and you got grumpy. Um, I have watched it this week, so I'm up to date completely. Have you watched it, Richard? Sadly, yes. Yeah, okay. So firstly, I want to cover the previous week's one where you were very critical. Now, the mm. last episode, I enjoyed um, the episode, the one before this week. I had a few questions for you, though. Um, who are the black-suited stormtroopers? Because I don't remember seeing these guys before. They are called Purge Troopers, and they were introduced in the Fallen Order video game. Okay. Well, thank you for answering that question. And are they like little commanders or something? They, no, they're supposed to be basically – they work with like – they're supposed to work with Inquisitors. That's why they're called um, Purge. Oh, uh, I see. Because they're part of, you know, purging of the Jedi. Their armory is supposed to be more resilient to um, like Jedi stuff and all that, I believe. Okay, I um, do like because you know my favorite. Uh, we all know my favorites are the um, Tie Fighter pilots. Um, mm. Love those guys. Why can't we have a fucking TV show about the Tie Fighter pilots, Richard? Why? Why is Disney just not willing to give this to me? Um, I mean, because it would be awesome. Can you imagine having a, having one from the perspective of the Tie Fighter pilots, who I think are the unsung heroes of the Empire? As well. Yeah, well, I was going to say it depends on your point of view. <laughs> well, I, I realized when I was watching the, you know, you know when they do the Imperial March and stuff, my heart swells with pride. It always does. I love the Empire. Um, but anyway, so okay, so they're perch trippers. The people in Amber were they dead or frozen? They did. Oh, they're dead. Now I was wondering if those people that we saw were like famous, you know, or from the books or novels or anything. Did you recognize them, Rich? Because they spent um, a bit of time. Well, one of them is supposed to be the boy from the movies who, uh, you know, uh, when Anakin comes in to kill all the Jedi. Right. The little that goes, you know, um, Anakin. And yeah. Anakin, that's the kid. So there's a little throwback to that. Right. One of the Jedi in there who has kind of like a camel head. He is from the animated TV show. He's in. He's not big. He's in like two or three episodes of the the Clone Wars TV show. Right. Um, Are we be, again? I. But here's the thing. I don't know about any of the. Um, I, I don't ask me anything about characters from the 
quote unquote canon books and stuff because I don't read that shit, so I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, no, okay, that's fine. But but all right, so they but they're not anyone in particular uh, apart from the kid. They're not super well known characters because I thought for a second that they've been frozen and like carbonite. You know, you know. No, what well, I mean? that, that, but that's that's why Obi Wan says it's a tomb. I see. It's, right. it's basically just you know, it's like showing off their trophies, basically. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, I had a, also explain the path to me. This is prior to the resistance in Solo, isn't it? Uh, again, the path is something that has been made up for this TV show. It's people that help Jedi escape. Right. Just just shows you, Jesus Christ, how many Jedi survived Order 66, for God's sakes. Well, it makes sense that quite a lot did, frankly. No, it doesn't make sense because if you, in the movies there weren't that many Jedi left. They were literally – they were – they were at the extinction point, the war. That's what the war was. The war was – no, no, Palpatine, the reason he orchestrated the war, right, mm. was to thin the Jedi uh, order. Right. So many of the Jedi died in the first fight uh, when the, the first, like, battle between the clones and the Geonosians. Mm. So many Jedi were killed, like literally half the order. There's not that many Jedi. There's not millions of Jedi in the galaxy. Right. There's, like – Maybe thousands, okay. and a lot of them were killed during the war. So mm. many Jedi, and that's what the war was for. The war was to 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 deplete the Jedi to the point where they, you know, where they were barely surviving as an order. So he could come in and and take over and and purge the rest of them. There should not be this many Jedi surviving Order sixty six. Yeah, but if you think about it, like. Um the how can I say the skill of the Jedi? Like we watched Revenge of the Sith again. Um, the skill of the Jedi would tell me that like there's plenty of Jedi who would be if the clone troopers turned on them, be skillful enough to block some attacks and escape. Not not heaps, but there'd be there'd be like say fifty, you know, out of thousands or a hundred out of thousands, you know. Well, again, by the time the purge happened, there weren't thousands. There was maybe hundreds. Okay, but but Richard, in terms of storytelling potential, you can get a few no. Jedi who are escaping from the fucking incident. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dave, I don't mind like if you know, I don't mind like um, a handful of Jedi surviving. But good God, man, the amount of markings on the wall to show how many Jedi have come through there, right? Astronomical. It's like, is that, I didn't even realize. Is that what the markings on the wall were? Yeah, the markings were all the oh. Jedi marking who put their mark in there to say, you know, I've been here and all that sort of shit. And I was just like, my God, where so the fuck were all these Jedi during this the Star Wars movies? Well, I, but this okay. <laughs> this is my issue with prequel stuff, man. Okay, right. you introduce all these cool things. Oh, we've got Inquisitors. Oh, we've got Purge Troopers. Oh, we've got all the. Okay, so where are they? Come the original three movies. Yeah, that's all gone. Yeah. So the post troopers, they got decommissioned, did they? You know, yeah. The, yeah. the Inquisitors, every single one of them were killed and Palpatine went, oh, well, I'm not going to bother training any more Inquisitors. You know, I'm sure there's no Jedi left. We never caught Kenobi or, yeah. or Yoda and all that, but I don't need the Inquisitors anymore. Like, come on. Like, this is my problem where you keep adding and Actually, adding. Actually, that's a question. Where is Palpatine? Have we seen him in any of this stuff? No. He's like, I am the Senate. I, um, we watched Revenge of the Sith. And I've got to say, he is my spirit animal. I do love power. <laughs> of course, yes. I I am descended. <laughs> Treason, it is then. <laughs> and then he's like, and, and I, I especially watched that scene with Mace Windu. And yeah, I can start to see um, Samuel L. Jackson's point that he could maybe have cushioned his his fall. 
His arm gets chopped off and he gets electrocuted, but he's still technically alive when Palpatine flicks him out, you know? I don't know if I don't know if I would say he was alive. I mean, that much electricity. Um, I, I, I would you even be cognitive to like? I have a question for you. Michelle and I were discussing this. When Palpatine is force light, no, at first he force lightnings him, and Mace Windu's powerful enough to be deflecting it with the lightsaber until Anakin comes in. Now, when um, he's force lightning him and his face starts to all change. Uh, is that a side effect of how much force lightning, or as Michelle is saying, it was like a disguise and he always looked like that, and then the disguise no, fell? No, so um, that was from the lightning, but he purposely did that. So oh. basically, and this is the thing about Palpatine, like he's willing to scar himself mm. in to get Anakin to get over to his side. Right, so okay. I believe that he wasn't shooting with all of his power. Right, mm-hmm. he was purposely allowing Mace to sort of oh really back at him so that he could be like Anakin, please yeah, see, yes. you kill me, and, and it was to get Anakin to to take that step because gotcha. if Anakin just killed Mace Windu, then Anakin would be like, you've killed him now. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're you're the bad guy, but by getting Anakin to be the one, yeah, to step in, mm. that's him basically crossing crossing that threshold. I see. You know, that's why Anakin often goes, "What have I done?" You know, because He's realized he's he's now stepped over the line. He's now yes. you know, taken that step. So that was Palpatine just again masterfully. And then he used that for the thing to say, look at me, I'm scarred. Mm. I did this. And he's not technically wrong <laughs> because Mace did kind of direct it back at him. So yeah. it was a good way to get the, also the sympathy from you know the, I the see. Paul. So it's it's all part of his cunning plan, basically. He's a he's a he's a puppet master, man. Like Palpatine, he's a puppeteer, you know, he's yeah. Like Twenty steps ahead of everyone. So I am the Senate. I um, am the Senate. He's like, uh, oh, even when he's talking to um, Anakin, and he's like, "Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis?" And, and then and then he gives the power of the dark side, and he does a little motion with his head, like he's so like loving the dark side that much. Oh yeah, well, he's Sith, man. He's Sith. He is cool. Um, you know, I watch Revenge of the Sith, and they don't really. The fall of Anakin it is very sort of like, uh, you know, it's it's very unsatisfactory how it happens, it you know. But um, it's still a fun movie. I will say that it's a fun movie. I enjoyed. We 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 put it on again after the last episode of Obi Wan. Okay, so I mean, I liked that episode of Obi Wan, and then we went into the recent one when you were one hundred percent right, Rich. You said that she was going to be one of the younglings. Um, and yeah, you were correct. Like, I'm not. You know, I'm not patting myself on the back because that was like fucking. That was no man. That was paint by numbers, man. Oh, okay. Seriously, like, it was. It was. But uh, yeah. Obvious. And they want me to, and this is what pisses me off, right? Is this character has done fucking horrendous things. Yeah. And you want me to feel sorry for her? I know, I know. She's been an outright fucking murderer for like ages. She's chopping off people's arms, you know, who question her. She's killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left, right, and center. She's going to torture, um, uh, Leia, you know, a kid. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And when she goes like, he did this to me, I'm hunting him. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. fuck you, die. I, w- I was like, please let her die. And you know what pisses me off? Mm. Why is it that lightsabers just can't seem to fucking kill people anymore? 
<laughs> well, unless unless you pierce through their heart, you know, like no, she did with no, the Inquisitor. No, quite no. The Inquisitor came back. He was alive. He did. He actually, a good point. He, yeah, you and are you, right. You did die from a lightsaber to the stomach. Who? Qui Gon Jin. Qui Gon Jin and um, Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know she stabs the Inquisitor in fucking right in the torso and he survives. She gets stabbed. I think with two lightsabers, I can't now, remember. And she's still alive. Like, well, yeah, she was struggling, but but she seemed like also the way in Star Yeah, the way in Star Wars, they're always content to walk away with them half dead. They're like, ah, close enough. <laughs> yeah, but uh, even like in the original, uh, not the original, like in the the um, the new Disney mm. uh, sequel stuff, Finn gets a lightsaber across his up his spine. Mm. He should have no fucking spine left, man. Yeah. And yet he's magically, like, healed in the next movie. Yes. Now, so turning to the latest episode, um, which, again, I quite enjoyed, uh, at the end, that's Jimmy Smith's on the on the thing talking about the son, Luke, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And so somehow uh, that idiot dropped it and then she got it and so then she's aware that there is another child on Tantooine. Am I right? Well, I think she might. Maybe she's going to assume that it's um, maybe Kenobi's kid or... Right. I don't think she knows the kids are Anakin's because no one knows because everyone believes that she died. Because remember, uh, in the original movies, they made Padme's belly, they made it look like she died when she was pregnant. Yes, yes. Uh, So... But I think she'll probably get the sense that there's something about these kids. Like mm. uh, maybe they're just Jedi Jedi children or survived or they, you know, I don't know. Oh, but again, you know, Disney likes to write characters to be so fucking smart that she just, from a hologram, she's like, oh, Anakin had two kids with Padme and they survived and they hit him. And so, you know, because fuck writing. Fuck like, you know, yeah, yeah, people yeah. working shit out like logically or. No, or I know. There's a lot of leaps of logic involved. Now, but what's her next move? Is, I mean, because she's tried to kill Darth Vader, who stupidly didn't kill her properly and left her like half massacred. Um, are you thinking she's going to limp along into the next episode? Probably, sadly. Mm. Very, very shit character. Can I say that much about her? Like, very, very one-dimensional, boring character. And, and as you said, very predictable that she was like one of the younglings and her big thing well, is you, getting back and Vader. But again, this is just, again, poor writing to me because if you want me to feel something for this character, you have to show me that they they felt guilty about shit that they were forced to do mm. or that, you know, you know, maybe they spared people or, or, or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, but she's just an out and out villain. Yeah. She's totally a villain. She's totally a villain. You can't rehabilitate her. She's a complete villain. Um, but I guess when I, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, what did you think about the scene where Darth Vader is fighting it, because I thought that was cheesy. How he was, yeah. The fight scenes in these in these in this show has been horrendous. Oh my god, how old did Anakin look when they tried to get Hayden Christensen to? Yeah, I know. Oh my god, he looked like he looked forty. He did. <laughs> he did. Like, he's supposed to be like eighteen or. Or, or 19, and he looks 40. I was like, my God, that's the best you could fucking do. But they were using de-aging technology, weren't they? Oh, I mean, yes, but clearly there wasn't, like, uh, with the budget they had, that was, like, yeah. the best they could fucking do. But 
And this is another thing that annoys me about, again, this retconning, this like disregard for, for characters' growth other than what Disney wants to do, right? When him and Anakin are fighting, mm. that's, that's, that's even like before the Clone Wars, right? This is like young uh, Anakin. This is probably Anakin before his... How do we know? It could be during the Clone Wars. No, it's not because uh, he has the um, he's got the braid. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he still has his, uh, I believe he still has his normal arm. Mm. Oh yeah, before the robot arm. Now, if that's the case, and he's going, oh, you know, he always does this and da da da. Then it's like, okay, so you're telling me that Anakin had no growth during the Clone Wars. So during the Clone Wars, when he was, you know, uh, uh, commanding armies, mm. doing battle strategies, he fucking learned absolutely nothing about fighting and war. Yeah. He's still just that petulant fucking child from when he was 19 training with, with Obi-Wan. I'm like, well, you just going to disregard his, his actual like growth as do, a commander. Do you, do you, I, I, I hear you there. I, I understand that. But do you, like that was a question I had. When he's like, he, he has no patience for a siege. I was like, I guess Darth Vader at the end of the day is a monster. And he is weirdly sort of... He's very kind of like um, dysfunctional, you know what I mean? Like he's not perfect. He's still he's driven by rage and everything. It might be a lot colder than when he was young, but it, you know what I mean? Like, well, I that's the thing. I think Anakin and Darth Vader should be two separate people, right? I think yes. I think he should have no patience now because you know he's he's in a suit. He's in constant pain. He's angry. Mm. You know what I mean? And so he's just like fucking take it, take it now. But that should not be that Anakin, you know, from the past, because that Anakin from the past is a it was a different person. But the Anakin yes, from the that, past was a petulant little bitch. Felt, yes, I know, but but that's what I'm saying. But not when it. But then he learned to temper that when he became a general. Yeah, but, he's, but, but when he, but it, I just watched Revenge of the Sith, and he's pretty fucking whiny in that. And constantly, he's more, whiny. He's, he's more whiny before that, though. Yeah, but yeah. but what I'm saying is, I think that was always part of his character. You know, like in Revenge of the oh, Sith, he's constantly moaning, "Oh, why won't they make me a master Jedi?" And all this, yeah, like, I disagree. I think what makes Vader so so dangerous, in my opinion, mm. is because he is Anakin after getting war experience, battle experience, right. commanding troops, and and strategizing attack plans. Mm. I think that makes Vader a more dangerous person, not a petulant fucking impatient prick that he used to be. I think I think they've missed the mark. I think that he should be far more cunning yeah, and dangerous yeah. now because he's he, he lived through the Clone Wars. He became a leader of men. A yeah, but, but, but at the end of it, he got his arms and legs chopped off by Obi-Wan and he got humiliated, you know? But again, but that's more, I think that's, more Anakin like fighting with himself, the grief and what's the arrogance that him thinking that now that he's a Sith is more powerful and all that. Like, but again, you would learn from that, don't you think? Like, I think. Well, or you're know, forever, I, or you're forever defined by it, which is what I, I think. Again, in the original movies, Vader is far more calm and calculated. No, he is. I agree. Yeah, yeah so I totally just, agree. I, in the original trilogy, um, before he gets pussified in Revenge of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi, he is. Um, yeah, he's the ultimate badass, basically. Like, there's, there's no. I'm collected, man. Yeah, I, I, he is. Uh, he's 100%. But then in the prequels, you see that the person who is inside the suit is quite a petulant little whiny fucking bitch. Um, and, you know, constantly moaning. 
And it's hard to marry those two up in my head. And I'm just saying that, I don't know, it's it's weird. Like, because to me, Darth Vader in my mind is still that cool, calm, calculated, just ultimate badass no. guy. But what I'm saying, though, is what they should have done is he should have been older, maybe them sparring during the Clone Wars. Yes. Right? And maybe then you could say Anakin has got overconfident mm. because he's had so many victories. I see. But to go back to when he was a Padawan, well, of course he's going to be petulant. He's going to think he's better than he is as a Padawan. But I kind of feel like maybe Obi-Wan it could have had more of a sparring where, you know, he is a bit more powerful than Obi-Wan. And and then Obi Wan saying to him, "Don't let your successes, you know, yeah. make you overconfident." And maybe that could have been a bit better. But I just think taking him back to as an it's almost like you're saying to him, "So this character's literally learned nothing in twenty years. He hasn't progressed or or changed or or learned in in." Like but but he years. never really did. Like uh, in, in Revenge of the Sith, he is still very child immature and, and whiny and a bitch. Like but again, and, you know, that's why he that, falls. No, no, but that wasn't. I don't think that was necessarily say immaturity. I think that was um, one. He had he had um, established himself. He yeah. everyone saw him as this great general, this powerful Jedi. Yeah, and then you've got people in the council like Mace Windu mm. who keep putting him down. Yeah, and saying you you'll be on the council, but we're not giving you the rank of master. I think that's more him bristling at the um, the slap in the face. But, but the, if he'd had patience, if he, 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 he but if he had maturity and patience, he could have written that out. You know. Uh, but again, I don't know. As, as I said, I think I think in my opinion, Darth Vader did learn patience, which is why he is a much more. Um, I agree. In, in the original movies, he definitely he yeah, in the original films. If we go on the original trilogy, yes, hundred percent. You, you don't see Darth Vader as sort of this crazy lunatic. You know what I mean? Like he is a badass. He's motivated. He's very sure of himself, etc. Et episode three, where he's going through the village and he's just like throwing people and snapping their necks. I was just like. Mm. I just don't feel like that's Darth Vader. I don't think Darth Vader's just doing that. I mean, he might do that as an example if someone's not answering his question or something. Like, you know, again, but again, this is them going, oh, we're going to have him snap someone's neck like he did in the in the original movie. And it's like, no, but that he was questioning a guy mm. and the guy was lying to him, so he killed him. I don't think Darth Vader's just going to walk through a town and just start picking up people randomly and snapping their necks and... And killing them, that just doesn't seem like... Well, they want that moment like they had in Rogue One, where, where it yeah, was a big hit. That, but, it's, but I don't know. I, I think that's just poor writing. Just because you want a moment doesn't mean that that's the right way to Well, they they, they want to have this moment where they, which they always felt... A lot of the fan base felt that George never gave them those moments in the prequels. Like, what Vader you see in Revenge of the Sith is terrible. He has that awful suit. Where is Padme? Um, and... You know, it, so they're, they're determined to give you those moments because they. But yeah. I will say this: the I fight scene. Yes, I will say this. I like the Rogue One. I didn't mind going to the village killing people. The fight scene between him and whatever her name is, the third sister, I thought was fucking like a parody. It was almost like Vader was doing dance moves. And it looked like they were fighting also underwater. It was so slow. It was like a. Would you agree with me? It was like a rap battle. 
Uh, I was like, what the fuck is Vader doing um, with his little hand moves? And I was just like, I, I actually thought to myself, this is really lame. <laughs> no, the, fight, the fight scenes have not been. Um, yeah. Sure. But but are you with me on this? Like that fight scene looked lame. It looked no. oh for sure. For yeah, sure. It was a very odd fight scene. Like and also when Obi Wan's like, Oh, there are other ways to fight other than a lightsaber, I'm like, can't we have a proper lightsaber battle between the two of you if you get a bother? Like one where you don't get your ass handed to you like as you did in the first fight scene. Um I don't well, know. Well, there's only one more episode to go, so Yeah. It's either going to be a bit of a letdown or a lot has to happen to make you happy in the last Well, I think that the season two has been greenlit as well. I think that season two is on its way, Rich, as well, of Obi-Wan. More, more shit I don't need. Well, you're going to have to keep watching it, man, for obi uh, Wana, You're definitely going to have to keep watching it, Richard. It's in your contract. Oh, no Kenobi. <laughs> uh, anyway, so moving on from that. Um, what are you saying here? For some strange reason, Ms. Marvel and Obi-Wan are getting a limited theatrical release. Like what? Yeah, They're releasing no. the TV series? Yeah, so basically it's going to be like a one long six-hour movie. Oh, fuck. Who the fuck wants to go see that? I don't know, but apparently they're going to be doing it in, the, in a limited theatrical A six-hour movie of a TV show that you can watch at home. It, so it's, instead, you've got to watch it all at once as well. It's like, wow. Like, they're like, you know, they never do anything good. Like, oh, we're going to put the Rockford Files on cinema for Dave. <laughs> 26 episodes in season one. <laughs> like, it takes like a day and a half to get through. Like, I, I just can't understand why anyone would be that interested to go see this in a cinema if they're just replaying all the episodes one after another. Seems like a waste of time to me. Yeah, it's just them trying to get money, I guess. Ms. Marvel as well? Like, mm-hmm. really? Um, yeah, pass on that. It's a stupid idea, um, and I just hope it doesn't happen. Now, we will flash to Ms. Marvel. I watched it with Michelle. Uh, I give her a 7 out of 10 for the first episode. You obviously didn't watch it, Rich. Yeah? Obviously. Yeah. Um, you're not missing much. I mean, it's what you'd expect. It's It's... It's okay. It's a coming of age story. It's it's okay. Like I didn't I didn't mind. Didn't hate it. Seven out of ten is probably being a bit generous, but it, it's around that mark. Um, it's very inessential viewing, though. I will say that. Like you get to the end of it, and you're just like, okay, so that's Ms. Marvel. Okay, all right, with her crazy powers, um, which I think comes from bracelets. Yeah, I assume this is probably more for the younger crowd, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I just I watched it out of just interest, you know, just for the show really to give it some uh, idea. Now, turning to something that's a lot more interesting, Starfield, which, Richard, is the next uh, Bethesda project. Um, Skyrim and Fallout makers Bethesda gave an extended look at the new game. Uh, they confirmed, Todd Howard confirmed it will feature over 1,000 planets all open for you to explore across 100 solar systems, Rich. Mm, but apparently you can't land on them manually. What, I don't know what that means. I, I don't so. even – what does that mean? I, I think it means there's a cutscene. I think it means there's a cut – I was trying to read into what that meant because people were – there were some people who were just spitting chips about it, but he's saying in space – you won't. You know how in Elder Scrolls, once you've unlocked one city, you can go to the next city. You know what I mean? Like you can just you can auto travel. You know, 
um, in this, you can't auto travel across planets from planet to planet. So let's just say you're going from Earth to Mars. You can't just auto travel. You've got to travel through space. It's its own thing. And being on a planet, it's its own thing. But the inter, the, the sort of in between bit, like landing, I, I, I think it's just a cutscene. I don't know. Could I don't, be. I, well, it it was confusing from trying to read what he was saying, but people were getting very annoyed about it, and I was struggling to understand what they were talking about. Uh, what do you think about the Thousand Planets, Rich? Uh, I don't believe it. Really? Fake no, hype? Well, here's the thing. You've got to be very careful with your wording, right? Mm. A Thousand Planets, but very, very small biome then. Like it's not gonna be like a whole planet. Like it's mm. not gonna. It'll just be like you land on a planet and there's like a a, a small area to um go walk around or whatever. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's gonna be a massive map if there's that many planets. You don't think there'll be a thousand planets with the scope of like Skyrim? No. Yeah. Don't don't expect like planets to have the scope of like you know even Skyrim or Oblivion or anything mm. like that. It's not gonna be anything like that. No. That sucks. It'll be a bit like um, if anyone's ever played the um, Outer Worlds. Right, yeah. Um, you know, th- there's planets you can go to and all that, but, like, it's it's a smaller area for you to sort of... Um, that fucking blows. Um, but, like, I'm reminded of... Remember the excitement of Assassin's Creed when I was going to go to America and I thought I was going to be fighting Indians? Remember that? And then I got over there and guess what? It was a tiny little map. And the Indians were your friends and just pals. <laughs> and you couldn't fight anybody. All you could do was sit around and chat with them about, like, fucking, you know, bears and stuff. Like, it was just boring. Like, <laughs> I was like, really? Honestly, I've traveled all this way. <laughs> and I were just, you were just buddy buddies with the Native Americans. It was just like, it was a love fest, basically. And they're smoking, they're smoking the peace pipe. Eh? Everyone was smoking the peace pipe. Like, and yeah, and, and believe you me, I like Native Americans, but I was looking forward to the battle, you know, like the, the battle. It was going to be a cool battle. Like, yeah, no, it just didn't add that. And the map was really small. It was so disappointing because I, in my, look, I guess in my imagination, I thought it was going to be the United States. You know what I mean? Like the continental United States. Like, and instead, it was just a very small section, like a forest, basically, is what it was. Um, very disappointing for me. Uh, and, yeah, I, I guess they just don't have the technology to do what we want, do they, Rich? They don't have the time. It's just not worth uh, it. I don't think they have – yeah, I don't think they care about you, Dave. They suck. Um, they really do suck, frankly. Um, I know I'm biting at the hand that feeds because I am a bit of an Assassin's Creed fan, but, like, that did piss me off. And, like, why can't we... But, Richard, it, you know, okay, we're spending, you know, what, 70 bucks AUD on a game. Um, it's going to sell millions of copies. We all know Skyrim is still selling 10 years later. Why can't we have a 1,000 planets, Rich, with stuff to do? Is it just because, or could it be a thousand planets that are almost identical? That's what some people were saying. Like it's going to be a thousand. Some of them could just be rock. You know what I mean? Like here's a planet with nothing on it. Yeah, I would, that, that, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a combination of a lot of things. I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all with what I'm hearing. I'm not happy at all, Rich, right now. Well, I mean, don't forget. Um, uh, uh, 
what's that stupid game? Um, <laughs> no Man's Sky. Yeah. You know, they tried to say, oh, there'll be millions of planets and all procedural and all that, and then it turned out to be so fucking minor. Like, Well, what was that? I never even understood that. Wasn't it like you could go to all the different planets and stuff? Yeah, but a lot of the planets were just the same. Like, yeah, you know, it, it was just procedurally generated shit, and some of the shit didn't even make sense. A lot of the crap looked, you know, mm. um, odd and all. You know what I mean? So it, it wasn't like a true, oh, wow, every planet's so different. It was just so much like copy and paste because the thing could only uh, generate so much. So, um, yeah, you know, because yeah. that's the problem with a lot of it's like, have you ever played like Diablo? Yes. Okay, so like Diablo is like procedurally generated. So it's like oh, every time you play it, it's slightly different, but it's still the same as well. Yeah. You know, like the dungeons still have the same feel to them. Yeah, maybe their layout is slightly tweaked or changed or the treasure chest might be in a slightly different spot or something, but it essentially still has the same feel. It still feels like the same dungeon. It's just mapped out slightly differently. That's what that game was. It was literally just kind of a lot of repeats of the same procedurally generated planets. And there was far less to do. They promised so much fucking gameplay and yeah. mechanics, and that was just an absolute lie. Surely this will be better than that, though. Uh, it would have to be because um, because uh, Bethesda is not uh, not well loved at the moment. Really? What have they done? Skyrim. Oh, they, those guys. Yeah, yeah. They lost a lot of uh, goodwill because of the. Um, uh, Fallout seventy six uh, uh, fiasco and all that sort of shit. So, okay. Well, I don't know. I forgive them. Um, well, that's because you didn't play Fallout seventy six. I did not play Fallout seventy six. Well, there were a lot of people that were disappointed with Fallout four. I played a lot of Fallout four. I liked that game. Yes, a lot of people were very disappointed with Fallout four. That was a pretty good game. It was a very mixed. Is my is what I'm saying. And mm. then uh, Fallout seventy six was just an absolute absolute clusterfuck. Um, uh, wasn't so, there just a cash in one that was that was not not like a proper yeah, game? Yeah, that well, Fallout seventy six. Yeah, it was just like them trying to create that games uh, games of service type of thing and all that. But um, yeah, so put it this way, they've got to they've got to they've got to win a lot of people back. Okay, well, there's some other things I'm not remembering as well. But let's just put it this way: they're they're in the doghouse at the moment. Okay, well, okay. Um, They've also confirmed the Starfield character will be a silent protagonist. So there won't be a voice track. Well, that was generally most of their games. I know, but it wasn't Fallout 4. I think Fallout 4, they changed it. Yeah, and again, a lot of people weren't happy with it um, because they like the – see, a lot of people who play Bethesda games, they they like the the big choice of dialogue that you have. Yeah, like in um, Skyrim and Oblivion. Yeah, so – and they want you know, and they want the dialogue to change depending on whether you're super smart, super dumb, you know. Uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. They they got a lot to do. They got a lot to do to win people back. Okay. Well, I mean, for me, I'm a Bethesda fan. I, I think Oblivion and Skyrim, they stay in my good books. You know what I mean? Like they stay. Oh, in my I was going to say that's because you haven't played anything <laughs> since then. So <laughs> I played Fallout Four. I enjoyed it. Um, now, also, now this is going to be a regular feature. We're going to we're going to do a lot of stuff on on Starfield and also on the new Elder Scrolls game. So, they confirmed that Fallout Five is the next game after Elder Scrolls Six, which is currently in pre production. 
Fallout 5 is coming, but not for a long, long time. So. Oh, Fallout 5 will be years away. It's about time they did another Elder Scrolls. I, I'm I'm playing Oblivion again on the Xbox. I'm loving it. Mm. Oh, Elder Scrolls is also a couple of years away as well. So I need it. Don't expect Fallout 5 for probably close to eight to ten years. Fuck Fallout 5. I, I just want Elder Scrolls. I want to understand. Nah, I'd, I'd like some more Fallout. But here's the thing, though. Um, they might not be working on it. What do you mean? So Microsoft owns Bethesda. Yeah. So that means Microsoft owns Fallout and Elder Scrolls. So they could essentially say, listen, we're going to get one of the other studios to make the next Fallout game because we can't wait yeah. 10 years yeah. for you to finish um, um, the Starfield and then the years that it's going to take you yeah. to make Elder Scrolls 6 and then the next couple of years it's going to take you to make Fallout 5. I mean, you're talking close to 10 years in between these three games. Yeah. Xbox might turn around and say, listen, we're going to give Fallout to a different studio that we own. Because, I mean, they own like fucking 20-odd studios or something ridiculous now. So, you know, they could they could easily... Um, so Bethesda may have a, a say in it. They may oversee it, but this could be made by a completely different um, studio. That would be a bad thing. That would be terrible. No, it wouldn't. No, it would not. <laughs> well, the most beloved of the Fallout games... Um, Fallout New Vegas. Is New Vegas, and that was made by uh, Obsidian. So that wasn't even made by Bethesda. Okay. Well, okay. I guess we'll see. I, I mean, it, it, here's the thing. I mean, Bethesda could still write it. They could still get their writers to write the story, but then you just got to get another studio to to work on it. And can I be honest with you? I mean, the, the Fallout 4 had the best gunplay. Yeah, it was cool. Um, no, I'm not talking about the Vatsis. I'm actually talking about the actual gunplay because they finally got some. Because when they made the the uh, three in New Vegas, they didn't actually know how to make a shooting game. You know what I mean? They didn't know how to make a gun game. And so Fallout Four, they finally got people uh, because now Bethesda, they you know now they were uh, they had the Doom guys, you know the ID guys and stuff and all that. So they got them to help out with a lot of the the shooting mechanics. So essentially what Xbox could do is they could get one of their studios who's much better at making a a shooting game mm. to work with Bethesda to make Fallout 5 to get it out sooner. I guess so, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just need, I, I need Elder Scrolls, dude. It's been long enough. I was thinking about it the other day. I almost bought, I'm so stupid, I was in the store today. And I came across PS5 games. I almost bought the Skyrim 10th Anniversary Edition. <laughs> I was like, why would I buy this? Like, I have no idea why we do that. I didn't do it. But I'm playing Oblivion on the Xbox again. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't care about Elder Scrolls as much just because obviously there's been so much of that online Elder Scrolls that um, I'd prefer. But then again, technically there's been online Fallout, so I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I've never played Elder Scrolls online, have you? Uh, I tried it when it first came out, but wasn't for me. Yeah, I just don't find it as attractive. I just there's something about it that just doesn't do it for me. Um, something that does do it for me: a new Assassin's Creed game. Uh, the location will be announced, Richard. Uh, the time period will be announced in November of this year. I got this fresh off the news. What? They working on another Assassin's Creed game? Oh my god, I am shocked. Shocked in the bones. If you're going to guess, 
what period I've got something in mind where I, where I think they'll go, but where do you think? What, what do you think they'll do? Oh, I'm thinking I do not give a fuck. <laughs> Richard, you've got to play the game sometimes. Um, ancient, no, I will not play the game. That's the problem. <laughs> ancient Rome in Italy, I think we'll, well, that's what it will be. That's my guess. What do you think of that? No, I think you're wrong. Well, what are you thinking, Richard? I mean, have you got something better than that? No, I'm just thinking you're wrong because you just want it to be Rome. I think there's a high chance. I think they don't. High chance. But they don't care what you want, Dave. <laughs> no, but but I'm just going on. If you think about it, like the Egypt Origins game was actually ancient Rome period, but it was set, and so you could do a sequel to Origins. Uh, I mean, I guess I mean, the, the. I mean, they've done Origins, which is Egypt. They did the. Odyssey, which is, you know, a Greek. Grace. And they've, I, I don't know if they're going to, I mean, you know, playing as a Spartan might feel too similar to playing as a Roman, maybe a little bit in terms of setting and combat. In the well, they did the Viking period. one, which was a huge hit. So, mm -hmm. you know. Ooh, maybe they'll do something like really out the box and do Mongolian. Yeah, I'd play that in a heartbeat. Genghis Khan. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I man. wouldn't play it, but it'd be interesting. I'd play it. It'd be interesting to see how they butcher it. <laughs> I'd play it in a heartbeat, Rich. Does that surprise you? Yeah. Mate, you'd play any fucking Assassin's Creed <laughs> game in a heartbeat, honestly. <laughs> um, breaking news, Rich. HBO is developing a Game of Thrones sequel series featuring Jon Snow. <laughs> there you go. Just what you've been waiting for, Rich. Um, I wouldn't say I've been waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> probably been probably more like I've been dreading it. <laughs> well, don't you remember at the end of Game of Thrones, he he winds up um, going to the wall again. Whatever you say, mate. He does at the end of Game of Thrones. That's where he goes. I have no idea. If you, whatever you say, I'll take that as as fact. And I think he goes out with the with the wild people. Regardless, um, they're desperate. Aren't they? They're just desperate. They they're just like they need to keep me. It's so weird interest. to me. It's like um, <laughs> it's like trying to make something out of the carcass of the golden goose. Mm. Like you know, like all the stuff that you're doing is kind of like after you killed the golden goose. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the Game of Thrones, the last what two seasons or something, left such a bad taste in people's mouth, but now you're really trying to still capitalize on something that you kind of ruined. It's, Keep cashing in, it's, yeah. It's an interesting um, uh, strategy. Uh, we'll see if it pays off cotton. They're like, remember that series that ended really badly? Well, here's a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do a prequel and a sequel because yeah. you love those last two seasons so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. I am interested in the one that's the Tangerians, however you pronounce their names, like the, the House of Dragons. I, I quite like their storyline, so I'd be interested in watching that. But Jon Snow, not so much. I, I, I had just about enough Jon Snow, frankly. Well, I don't think, what's that guy's name? I don't think that Kit Harrington's got anything else going for him. No, he's definitely available. Um, dinosaurs need not worry about extinction at the box office as Jurassic World Dominion made a sizable $143 million in opening weekend, which is actually a big number. A lot of, lot of uh, negative press, too. Mm. Eh, but I mean, 
let's be honest, there isn't anything. This is the only sort of uh, big sort of box office uh, popcorn movie out at the moment. So, um, Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. I, I, I said. Bo- uh, popcorn box of like as in like just the big explosion big shit like switch your brain off and you know watch the action happen you know you're what they call the blockbusters Ma- to me that's the maverick's not a blockbuster i mean it's a movie that's going to do well but i mean that's a movie that's there to sort of entertain you with a well-written story <laughs> you know what i mean it's an action blockbuster though still yeah, but I, I wouldn't classify it as those throwaway blockbusters where you just go and sure. eat your popcorn, watch the explosions for an hour, and then forget about the movie as you walk out. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, th- this is just one of those big action blockbusters. Again, big effects, big explosions, big action stuff where you just switch your brain off, munch the popcorn, and then walk out and go, fuck, I don't even remember what actually happened in that movie. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Yeah, there's nothing like, going on at the moment. It's kind of like the Transformer movies. You're yeah, right? basically, it's that it's that sort of blockbuster I'm talking about. Like, yeah. um, you know, the the big dumb action blockbuster that doesn't mean anything. Now, I will say this: it's sitting at thirty eight percent on, um, well, I think Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, sits below every other movie in the Jurassic franchise, with the previous film Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom in second to last place at forty seven percent, and Jurassic Park three at forty nine. So is that getting review bombed or is that genuine reviews? I have no idea, Richard. Because usually when something gets uh, negative reviews, uh, it's it, apparently it's because of review bombing. <laughs> so is this just a good movie but people are review bombing it because they hate Chris Pratt or what? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, that's what I said. It's so funny to me because I don't know what's bad reviews because – there's certain things that the media tells me, no, this is a bad movie. Oh, and yeah, yeah. There's other things they tell me, no, it's review bombing. That's why it's bad. And it's like, how do you know the difference? Because they're pushing that narrative, Rich. <laughs> they're pushing their own narrative. You know that. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is getting a sequel as writer-director Jason Reitman confirms he's been working on a script for the next chapter of the Spengler family story, codenamed Firehouse. Are you ready for another one, Rich? I didn't mind the last one. I, I don't think you've seen it, have you? I can't be ready for it because I haven't watched the first one. You've got to watch Afterlife, Rich. I don't know what you're doing. No, with I was watching the I was watching the 20 year anniversary of Galaxy Quest. That's cool. And yeah. apparently, um, what's his name, Alan Reichman? Mm. He was actually supposed to direct that movie. Really? Yeah, he was the original director for that movie, but he he stepped away from the movie because of. Um, um, casting um, uh, disagreements. Wow. So Ivan Reitman was going to direct that? Yeah. It's a good movie, Galaxy Quest. Oh, Ivan Reitman, not Alan Reitman. Good Ivan movie. Reitman. Yeah, he was, he was supposed to direct. He was the original director for that. Well, it turned out okay. I will say that. Is it a good documentary? Because I've got that, actually. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I, I found it on the Amazon Prime. So it's. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was so sad, though, not having Alan Rickman there. Yeah, to you know, uh, to get his insight and and his experience on the movie, you know what I mean? Because you get in a lot of these other people's sort of um, stuff. And was Tim Allen in it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, everyone is in it. So Gwyneth Weaver, Tim Allen, uh, 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 Shilopu, whatever his name is, uh, Tony Shilopu. Is that? His oh name? yeah, he's good. Yeah, Shilopu. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. Um, uh, that was actually. Sam Rockwell, that was only his second movie. Um, He's funny in it too. And both of his movies came out at pretty much the same time, which was The Green Mile 
and wow. this. Uh, and that's why he he originally turned this movie down, and apparently he did it because he realized that they would be coming out relatively the same time, and it would show people his range if they got to see him in two vastly different movies, and that's why he changed his mind on doing it. I but think yeah, he's, he's a really good actor. I think he's a really good actor. Oh, he's fantastic in this, um, yeah. in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. So no, I, I actually want to. I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna rewatch Galaxy Quest now because of watching that. Um, that is such a good, uh, such a good. That's uh, a good one, man. Um, I, I love that movie. We watched the it. On- mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry, the only thing I hated about the the documentary mm. uh, was the amount of Will Wheaton in it. Oh Jesus, that guy's oh, fucking god. Crazy. Why was he in it? He's not even in the movie, is he? Well, no. So they tried to get some Star Trek people in, um, and they 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 could only get uh, Will Wheaton and the guy that played uh, uh, Data, um, um, Brett Spiner. Brett Spiner, that was pretty much the only two. But it was just to get there, like, uh, you know, because the, the movie's basically Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the original series. The, yeah, the original Star Trek, it's kind of based on that. And yeah, like Tim Allen's playing a version of Willie B. Shatner. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, they just got them on it. and But, oh, fuck, Will we God, I find him unbearable, man. I find him... He's yeah. he's been playing the veteran card since 1996, and we're all getting very tired of it, Will Wheaton. Very tired. But he loves like he just loves to come across like some sort of like uh, authority idea. on geek culture and like an uh, uber intellectual. It's oh, yeah, fuck I found off. him. I found him to be the most annoying thing in that. I find in him that, extremely that annoying. So he's just, got that. Be warned, he's in it. He's got a beard and he moans and he moans and he moans. You know, and you're like, you realize you're still milking it all these years later, Will Whedon. You've got nothing to complain about. You know what I mean? Like you're putting your kids through school, sitting in a mansion, all paid for by this franchise, and you're still milking it, and you're still playing the victim, and it never ends. You know, I'm Will Whedon. I've got depression. Uh, he because he said, "Shut up, Wesley." Oh, my life's so hard. It's like, is it really that hard? Really? You you're a child star who's still milking it. It's not that hard. He's a joke. And I hate the way he turns up on everything. He's like Kevin Smith in that way, you know? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, he's like a more depressing Kevin Smith. Like well, less, it was very less funny. Uh, what was interesting is uh, Alan, uh, uh, Alan Rickman and, um, and Tim Allen did not get on. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I mean, Tim Allen was, uh, I imagine, quite the ego, you know? No, it wasn't so much. Well, not so much the ego. As I said, apparently Alan Rickman didn't see him as an actual actor. Yeah, comedian who did a bit of acting. Yeah, Alan Rickman was more of an actor, wasn't he? You know. Yeah, well, he's a bit more of a thespian. You know, yeah, I mean, exactly. he's fucking yeah. He's done Shakespeare and yeah, and stuff and all that. And you know, and here's Tim Allen, the TV comedian and stand-up comedian. You know, sort of. It, it, it played um, well in the movie, though. It played well in the movie because in the movie they didn't get on, if you recall, in the actual script. You know. Yeah. And so it did play well in the movie, and he was quite the. Uh, I mean, quite the professional Alan Rickman. He was quite versatile, actually. You know, and you know, who knows? Maybe he was um, doing a little bit of method as well. You know what I mean? Oh, it could be, it could be, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I've got a lot. But that's of- why I said it would have been so. It would have been so fascinating to get his. Yeah, because he sadly passed away a few years ago. His didn't point he? of view, yeah. yeah, I know, it sucks. Um, Neil Patrick Harris will join the Doctor Who's 60th anniversary special. I mean, I just pray to Jesus and the Dark Lords that um, somehow 
this special is good. You know, um, bring in Tom Baker, I say. Why not? Which is, he's a bit past it. Oh, a walk on scene, Rich. A walk on scene. Almost like Jack and the Fat Man. Wherever the Fat Man sat, wherever William Conrad sat is where they shot the scene. I mean, he's pretty much already had his walk on scene. We'll have another one. Oh, actually, he actually did a voice um, in the, that Star Wars Rebels TV show. Yeah, really. Tom Baker was Tom Baker was actually in that. He uh, cool. he played a, a character in that. Uh, a very um, he played this massive alien on a planet that was like in touch with the Force and and stuff and all that. It's very cool. interesting. He's also in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> Which movie? The, I think he's in the original Dungeons and Dragons movie, isn't he? Tom Baker. I've got a feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. When you say the original movie, what are you talking about? That one two thousand with, uh, with um, the one with. Uh, oh fuck! What's his name? I forget what the guy's name is, but like the guy from Party no, of Five. But, yeah, yeah, no, no, but what? That's not the guy I was thinking. I'm trying to think. He's a fucking Jer- Jeremy Irons. Yes, Jeremy Irons. I think Tom yeah. Baker's in that somewhere. Is he? Okay, I don't. I, uh, I could be wrong. Actually, must be a blink and you miss it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big scene. I, I, I could be wrong when I say that, but I've got a feeling he played an elf cleric. Um, you know that movie's coming soon. Actually, that that. Uh, Movie with uh, Chris Pine. Um, that's it's coming. It's it, it's coming, man. Oh, hopefully, it'll be better than all the other Dungeons and Dragons movies they've made. The one with Jeremy Irons wasn't great, but it was watchable. You know. No, oh, but they've made worse ones since then, like straight to yeah. DVD ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, Tom Baker. Yeah, he is in. He is in Dungeons and Dragons. He he plays from memory. It's like an elf cleric. It's a very short scene, but he is in it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. It is what it is, man. Like, you've just got to sort of, yeah. I'm looking at the picture now. He's got, like, pointy ears and stuff. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. Now, Tamara Morrison plans to make Boba Fett badass again. He opens about wanting to return Boba Fett to his badass bounty hunter roots in future Star Wars productions. He has no say in it, so. He has absolutely no say, does he? He's just Good luck with that. Good luck with that, Tommy. He's just taking the cash at this point. He's turning well, he already he already said in an interview that he tried to pass off a lot of his lines to um, uh, Ming Na Wen mm-hmm. because he wanted Boba Fett, and basically John Favreau said, "Fucking shut up and 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 do what you're told and speak your lines." So he's got no say in the character. No, well, he's just an actor at the end of the day. Yeah. Also, I also had to break it to him, but it's not your character, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Sorry, like you're not the original Boba Fett. It's not your character. Oh yeah, but he's done a pretty good job with it. You know, uh, uh, you know, agree to disagree, but all right. Oh, well, I mean, he he's he's not been the the problem. I mean, he's been going around bragging that like, oh, that great scene where he goes like a banther was <laughs> improvised. And I'm like, I wouldn't be bragging about that. That's a fucking shitty, goofy, <laughs> fucking stupid line to make you look like an idiot when you were on the bike going like making that motion going like a banther. And it's like, why are you bragging about that? That's that should have been cut from the fucking show. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's going to be bragging about a scene that was like an Empire Strikes Back that he had to like do the dialogue for again. Oh, no, no, no. Like if you did that, I would have. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, God. It's so funny when you're watching Star Wars, like when you watch Revenge of the Sith, you can't get away from him. He's there with all the clone troopers. <laughs> like they're all him. And who is the clone trooper that that uh, Obi-Wan knows by name? Um, Cody. Cody. But Cody turns bad, doesn't he? Yeah. So is is Cody in all the Clone Wars, just TV show and stuff? 
no, not not as much as Rex. Um, Rex is the main um, uh, clone that you see the most of. And does he turn bad as well? Mm, technically, for a brief moment, mm-hmm. uh, but then um, Ahsoka gets his chip uh, deactivated. Oh. So he's, he only turns bad for like an hour or so, like before right. he comes right. So, and is he voiced by Tomorrow Morrison? Oh no, no, no! Those are all uh, the Clone Wars, the animated show, all voiced by D. D. Bradley Baker, I think his name. Okay, and um, in the Bad Batch, is that Rex? Uh, Rex has some cameos in it, yes. Okay, yeah, but the, but but the Bad Batch are a group that didn't get turned, aren't they? Is that right? Uh, correct. So because they were like um, deviants, mm-hmm. they were clones with genetic mutations. You know that's why they're called the Bad Batch. Mm. They're a bad batch of clones. Their chips didn't quite um, work properly with their uh, brain chemicals or whatever. Okay, cool. Well, you know, it's just interesting. From a distance, I've never really gotten heavily into it, but um, it's just funny. I mean, I just find it. It's kind of like it's funny that um, when they did the Clone Wars TV show, that was a long time after Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith came out, wasn't it? Or was it before Revenge of the Sith? I can't remember. Oh. Because what I'm trying to say is like when they did the Clone Wars TV show, that's the period between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think – no, no, I think the Clone Wars came out after Revenge of the Sith. Okay, yeah. It was just odd to me, like, and, you know, because General Grievous is all through the Clone Wars TV show, but he makes his first appearance in the movies in Revenge of the Sith. And um, uh, Correct, yes. Uh, there was a prequel short animated vin- vignette show. Mm-hmm. Which was done by the the guy that did Samurai Jack, I believe, mm-hmm. that um, filled in the events that happened just before Revenge of the Sith. I see. Uh, so basically, it's the first it's showing General Grievous going there and, and uh, kidnapping um, Palpatine and all that sort of oh, stuff. Okay, I mean, there's yeah. some other there's some other um, stuff in there like Mace Windu taking out an entire battalion of um, uh, clankers and and droids and all that and. Uh, it's got a fight between Anakin and Asajj. Like, it's just little, you know, it's just little short, like, um, 10 minute right. sort of um, anthology stuff and all that. But okay. uh, the final one does set up the. Um, Are you into all that stuff? Do you get that deep into it or, or not? Oh, yeah, I've got those DVDs. Jesus, the, really? You the, were so the, deep into it, man. You are fucking so deep. It's I ridiculous. Was. I'm so deep. But now the waters run dry. Man. <laughs> It's like if I turn my back on Assassin's Creed, isn't it? It's like if I said it's over. Assassin's I would, over. Oh, maybe I would say I was far deeper into Star Wars than than you are with Assassin's Creed. Really? Like, I, I, guess so. I feel like with Assassin's Creed, you're you're in the deep end of the pool, but I'm yeah. like, you're for right, Star yeah. Wars, I was like well into the ocean. You're into well, or if you know, if you go in a pool, you know, you can go right down to the bit where there's the plug. That's where you are. <laughs> You're right. Fucking well, now, now I'm just going down the fucking drain with, uh, <laughs> with, with Star Wars. So. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, Neil Blomkamp's uh, Gran Turismo movie, which is based on the true story of a teenage fan who becomes a professional race car driver, a true story, has been confirmed for a 2023 release. Um, okay. Gran Turismo, it's the game, right? Is that right? It's a fucking computer game, right? Video game. 
I I know. Isn't that isn't is that not an actual racing event though? I is it okay? I didn't even realize that. Okay, I I did not realize that. I, I just assumed it was a game, and I was like, true story. Well, there, is a, there is a game called Gran Turismo, but I wasn't sure if that was named after some. I mean, I'm not big into um, uh, motor cars. Yeah, uh, Formula One and all that sort of no, stuff. Neither so. am I, but um, God, Dion is. He bores me shitless with it. He's like, oh, you got to watch the start. It's the best part. I'm like, yeah, it is the best part, and then it's boring for the next fucking two hours. Um, he's like, you got to watch the, you got to watch the start. They, 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 you know, you know, it's at 11 p.m. I'm like, I'll be asleep, mate. I'm not gonna be watching it. Um, yeah, my my old watches it, so I am sometimes forced to. Um, well, oh, okay, no, it's just it's just a game. It's not. They're actually... up to seven. They're up to Gran Turismo seven. God knows, but but anyway, like um, oh here your favorite your your favorite term, Rich review bombing. Gran Turismo <laughs> seven was released to generally favorable reviews from critics, with praise for its graphics and gameplay. Shortly after a release, it was review bombed by players on Metacritic due to its use of microtransactions and excessive grinding. <laughs> That's not review bombing. That's them saying, yeah. I'm giving this a low score because of the stuff that's in yeah, the game. Just, like, that's I called a review. It's just you know, exactly like, yeah. that is called a review, and I do not like this in the game, so I'm going to give it a bad review. I don't see how that's review bombing. No, it's just it's exactly it's it, it's ridiculous. Like we don't like the fact that people don't like it, so we're going to call it review I mean, bombing. Don't forget, like uh, people review stuff, they generally get to review it for free. Yeah, right. And when it comes to games. They just have to play the game for a few hours or a day or two. They don't have to participate in the grind and the the uh, microtransactions and all that. So, mm. of course, the review is going to be higher because it's not taking that shit into account because, one, they didn't pay for the game and they don't have to do that other shit. Dude, that- I, I need to get on some list where we get free games to review. I'll promote. I will, pro- I will promote anything if I get it for free. <laughs> Here's the th- well, I was going to say, you're going to have to be an absolute shill because if you say anything bad, you will never get another game again. Ugh, I can't be bothered already. Like- That's the biggest problem with the game reviews at the moment is that the only way to get genuine reviews these days yeah. is to um, is try and get it from uh, people you know on YouTube, like right. YouTube yeah. review sites. Because well, a lot Signal of, of them- Doom, Signal of Doom, you can get genuine reviews. No, no, sorry. I'm talking about for video games where, um, uh, you know, like um, Skill Up is actually a very good Aussie, um, an Aussie guy who who does like very professional reviews Mm. on on games and all that sort of stuff. Better than mine? Better than my reviews? I doubt it. Yes. No, far better. (laughs) Far better. Far better. Um, Jesus. but But even he has said that there's certain companies that won't talk to him anymore. He doesn't get invited to stuff with certain companies. He really? doesn't get game copies because he has said or has reviewed uh, some of their games negatively. So it's, really, it, it's, it's, it's an extortion thing now when it comes yeah. to game reviews. Like companies will go, no, nope, you're never getting another game because you gave us a bad review. Not, uh, oh, shit, we made a bad game. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, pathetic. Yeah. That's really pathetic. But it doesn't surprise me. I mean, this is it's like payola. You know what I mean? It's, well, that's why I think personally Disney gets so many good reviews on a lot of their stuff is because Disney treats them very well, mm. you know, and pays for a lot of stuff yeah. for them to come out and review stuff, and they just want to keep access to that. I'm not saying that's all the time, but I'm just saying that is a big factor, I think. Why oh, well, do. think about, like, in the sphere that we operate in and in the States, think of how many shill 
kind of like, you know, entertainment outlets there are where they just constantly are in promotion mode for everything. You know what I mean? And it's just like nothing negative. It's just all advertisement all the time. The only reason they're doing that on top of the clicks they're getting is the free stuff that's coming in the back door, you know? Well, that's what they said. Like if you look at like gaming magazines back in the day and you look at um, uh, gaming websites after mm. that, mm. the there was so much advertising. Yeah. So they, you know, they almost couldn't speak badly about games because yeah. these these game companies were paying for ads yeah. on their yeah. website or in yeah. magazines. And True. It's a symbiotic be, relationship, you know? you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's more of a parasitic one because it stops <laughs> the host. Well, if the host is a person supposed to be giving genuine reviews, it's stopping the host from performing yeah, the function. I get so. it, man. But it's capitalism, though, dude, at the end of the day. People are bought and paid for, you know? If someone, if someone threw down $5 million to me and said, Go say this is the greatest thing of all time. I will. I don't no, know but, yeah, but here's the thing. I believe that if every single uh, company <laughs> and all that said, no, we're going to give genuine reviews, they would still have to give those people review copies because otherwise there's going to be no word of mouth in the game. It's whatsoever. not going to happen, man. It's not going to happen. I'm just saying it could. If, if all the gaming websites happen. and all that said, listen, there's too many shields. There's too well, many shields. Well, that's the problem. That, the, you, are you kidding, man? Like, dude, when. Um, when Assassin's Creed comes out, I will give a fully fucking, you know, 100% my own review. I will say whatever I fucking please because I'm not getting a dime from Ubisoft. But Yeah, but you but as you said, if you were getting a dime from them, you would be like maybe, it's the greatest yeah, fucking thing ever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but but here's but here's the point. The people who are actively courting Ubisoft that Ubisoft are paying, they for them lying is second nature, man. They 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 could talk underwater, dude. These people, I know these people. They don't give a fuck, man. There's, there's no point appealing to their integrity because they have none. They sold that fucking five years ago, ten years ago. That's gone. You know, I mean, it's almost gone for me. If someone wants to pay me to review something, I'm happy to. Jesus, like, but I'm just telling you, when cash starts getting involved, of significant, of significant amount of cash and access, out goes the integrity. Rich, <laughs> yeah, out it goes, my friend. At least, at least you're honest. Oh, I'm, I'm referencing the, the, the fucking. It's the nature of the industry, man. It's a very corrupt and parasitic is a good term for it industry, and that's why I, I mean, people are always like they're review building you, so boo hoo. It's like so fucking what? If people hate the grinding and stuff, they're entitled to give it one out of ten. Like, you know, it's called a review. It's like these comic book um, writers who can't handle a bad review. It's like, well, I'm so sorry, but, like, you know, you put out a product of entertainment to consumers. You know what I mean? We're not investors in your fucking company. We are allowed to, you know, I'm looking at Superman Unchained. If I read Superman Unchained, I'd give my review. It could be good, it could be bad, it could be mediocre or just in between. It's it's not a, a, a necessarily a personal attack on anybody. It's just a, it's it, it's a comment on the quality of the product. You know, I just I just I I, I think that this latest wave of um a sort of comic book writers, especially, are extremely thin skinned when it comes to themselves because because I think they're surrounded by yes men, dude. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. I just think a lot of um, yeah. Well, look, as you said, I mean, a lot of stuff is is generally just bought and paid for, and you know. Well, I mean, fucking Signal of Doom, we're open for business, 
But at the same time, as we're operating now, it's 100% piracy on the open seas, and we will say what we see. <laughs> we'll call the fucking shots. You know what I mean? I'll declare war as I, as I want to. I am the Senate. That is my. That's my new fucking code, man. You got You got You got you, You're. You're very close. You got You should work on that. I think you could. Yeah. I think you could get it almost exact. Yeah. He is. He is one of my favorites of all time. Treason. It is then. Um. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, moving on. Uh, Dmitry Glukhovsky, best known. I don't know if he's best known for writing the novel turn metro. Oh, novel turn game Metro Twenty Thirty Three has been added to Russia's wanted list for speaking out against the war. Wow, they're going after this guy now. Putin's going after the fucking writers now, just like the old Soviet Union used to do as well. Like Jesus, put him in the gulag, Rich. Oh, let's be honest. I don't. Russia has never changed. That's, I mean, no, has not particularly. Agreed. No. Agreed. Um, it might not. It might not be the. It might not be the United uh, sickle. The sickle uh, anymore. What is it? <laughs> the United <laughs> Association of Soviet Republics or something? Or? Yeah, so the USSR. It may not be that <laughs> in name, but it's still that in uh, <laughs> in spirit and um, <laughs> government. So yeah, it's still authoritarian at the end of the day, or totalitarian. Um, sad news, Hugh Jackman tests positive for COVID the day after his Tony Awards performance. Um, obviously, we're all thinking of you, Hugh, and I hope, pray to Jesus that you're okay because, as far as I'm concerned, one of the biggest stars in the world and maybe the biggest entertainer ever to come out of Australia. Um, and Wolverine. I mean, the guy's an absolute legend. Um, it's the second time he's had COVID, I believe, Rich. He should be fine then. Hopefully. Um, I mean, he's going to have access to the best medical care possible, you would imagine. Yeah, um, and I think I, I would assume that you build up also natural immunity and, and, and your body can handle it a bit better. He's a very healthy guy too. How old is he? 50? 55 maybe? He's, he's in, definitely in his 50s, I'm sure. He's definitely I, – I don't want to age him in terms of Hollywood, but I do think he's probably hit 50 by this point. Um, as far as I'm concerned, maybe a time to look inside and go back to Wolverine. You know, what do you think, Rich? Like he's sitting. I, I I think he's done with that character. He's just listed his um penthouse in um I don't know where it is in New York somewhere. Fifty five. Fifty three, by the way. Fifty three. He's just listed his um penthouse apartment fifty five million in 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 New York City. So um, there's some talk that he wants to move back here to Australia, where he has properties anyway. So I'm like, why are you getting rid of the the U.S. property? Uh, it seems odd to me. I mean, I imagine he's probably got more than one property in the US, wouldn't you think, Rich? He's probably got something down in Florida, I would imagine. Maybe, but, I mean, he might also be at that age where, I mean, maybe he, he wants to spend more time in Australia and, and only doing the odd. Well, he's got a young family and everything, you know. Movie and all that, you know what I mean? Um, sort of take it down a notch. I don't want him to take it down a notch. I want to take it up a notch, if anything. Um, what about you, Dave? <laughs> Yeah, but come on, you. I'm his number one fan. Uh, look, if he is well, back, he's trying to be hey, he's trying to be closer to you, Dave. I was going like, to say, it, actually, flip side, if he is travelling back to Australia full time, um, certainly we'd love to get him on Signal of Doom. It's our long, long uh, awaited uh, interview with Hugh Jackman. I mean, what a what a treat that would be. Um, I'm I'm smiling just at the simple thought of it. Um, and I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest entertainer. Maybe the world's ever seen. I'll say that. Um, can sing, can dance, can act. What can't he do, Rich? 
you know, can play Wolverine. Greatest showman. Boy from Oz. The list goes on. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'd love to get you on, Hugh. And um, on all the best. Huh? He's got COVID right now. Let's hopefully he's I, I hope it's a mild case and he can he's just recovering a week off. You had it, didn't you, Rich? Did you have it? No, no, no. No, you had something. You've done your knee, that's I right. Just, no, I just had well, I've done my knee. I had a flu. You had the flu, ago. that's right. That's right, and I I can't understand how you did get it, how you didn't get COVID, like because everyone in your work was getting it, like you're I'm dealing pretty with. Sure I'm immune, man. I think I'm just naturally immune. That's crazy. Um, this was from Adam the Computer. Bruce Campbell is writing a Sergeant Rock versus Zombie series at DC. Asado, uh, Eduardo Rizzo on art. That sounds pretty cool. Um, did you hear about this, Ezra Miller? is still running from the law. He deleted Instagram after posting memes mocking the court's attempts to find them. We have to say them, Rich, because we're not allowed to say he with Ezra Miller. We have to call him a they, which is just annoying. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm sure I probably... Is, is there a law that I break in if I do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do that with a cop kicking my are we, Yeah, and- Are we supposed to be worried about hurting Ezra Miller's fucking feelings at the same time that they are running from the police and they are being accused of underage grooming of some sort, I believe, or cult behaviour or something along those lines. It's crazy. Whatever the fuck Ezra Miller is doing, he is off. He or they, whatever you want to say, or it is off the fucking chain, man. Um, yeah, well, when you get, uh, if uh, hopefully when you get put into prison with a bunch of big dudes, uh, good luck telling them to call you them. <laughs> Do you think there's jail time in Ezra's future? Well, I mean, if the what was it? I mean, there's grooming and <laughs> cults and stuff. I mean, he's isn't he accused of like sexual? I don't know misconduct or something with under. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's sexual. I think it's um. Well, it's um grooming like coercion or something. You know, like like he's. I don't know if it's necessarily. I actually think it's more. I did read the article briefly. I think it's more along the lines of like he's got this really kind of allegedly weird sort of relationship with this kid, and it, but it, it's like he's trying to influence them into a, like a cult kind of thing. I guess based on him, it's ridiculous. Whatever. Like I, I don't even know why you want to be in a cult based on Ezra Miller. I couldn't think of anything worse. Uh, uh, we're in a cult. Who's our cult leader? Ezra Miller. I'd be like, oh, seriously, <laughs> can't we have someone better? <laughs> Ezra fucking Miller's our cult leader. Well, I guess we are the world's crappest cult, you know? Yeah, this is definitely not going to be helping that movie. No, it's going to be hurting the foot. Good, good to see. Nice tie back, Rich, to, to the, you know, to the product, which I like. Because I was starting to wonder why we were even talking about Ezra Miller because, of course, he's the flow. They are the flash. There is, yeah. uh, he was, there is one charge of grooming a minor. Right, but I don't necessarily think it's sexual. I think it might be just, um, I don't know. I, I actually not quite sure what that even means. Like, like he's he's trying to coax him into a cult, is what I read. Well, what I'm saying is, listen, grooming does not come with good connotations. Let's no, just say definitely that. not. Definitely not. Is it? Pre- yeah, I mean, I guess it could easily be prison. I mean, if you know, I guess. I mean. It put it this way, it's like uh, the way I read it was imagine um, there was some 13 year old out there, like a, you know, like a cousin's friend, you know, someone distantly connected with me. 
and then you made all these things. And even if it wasn't sexual, you were saying, I come over to my house. And then when they got over there, they were saying, you've really got to ditch your mum and dad and move in with me. And you started making all these weird sort of suggestions. I, I think that's also illegal as well, rightly so. But I think there might be a bit of that going on where he's like, come on, join the cult of Ezra Miller. It's the coolest cult. Oh, you definitely have to get rid of all your parents and everything and drop school and et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Okay, can, I, can I just read something to you? Go for it. Okay, so this is just from an article, right? According to the Daily Beast investigation, uh, the family was at a downstairs neighbor's house mm. on February 2nd when Miller, mm. allegedly a friend of a friend of the neighbor, showed up. According to the visiting neighbor, uh, Miller was wearing a bulletproof vest and began acting erratically. The actor allegedly claimed that the board game Parcheesi has Rastafarian roots. Right. And when questioned on the specifics of this claim, he opened the, the jacket to reveal a gun and said, talking like that could get you in a real serious situation. Right. The neighbor then told the outlet that Miller then focused on the child, 12 years old, mm. allegedly pestering them with compliments, uncomfortably hugging them and touching their hips. Both right. Miller and the minor are non-binary uh. and use they, them pronouns. The child and really? their mother told the daily beast that Miller's strange behavior dilated pupils and anything the actor was under the influence. So yeah, it sounds sexual to me. It doesn't sound great. It doesn't sound good based on what I'm hearing. I mean, the whole thing's weird. Like, what the fuck's he? Parcheesi, Rastafarian influences. Okay. 12-year-old as well. Good God. What, what did you say? 12-year-old. Well, that's Fucking the kind of age that sickos go after or even younger, I think. Like, you know, Dude, they're sick as fuck. You know, like these people, predators out there. You know, like, uh, I mean, who knows if the story's true or not. But in just in general... Like pedophiles, they are sick fucking creatures that deserve a bullet through the back of the head. As far as I'm concerned, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Tight that, that, yeah, D, you know what? Warner should just ditch this fucking movie. Like honestly, I know they've sunk at this point. Michael in it, man. Fucking hell. I know they've sunk hundreds of millions of dollars into this thing. Ezra Miller, annoying anyway, is now a fucking very toxic. You know what they should do? Ridley Scott had the balls to do it. When the, when, when the news broke out about Kevin Spacey, he, he hired Christopher Plummer, I believe, and reshot all the scenes um, with Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Was, was he the main character, though? Yes, he was. Because don't forget, there's not just one Ezra Miller in the movie. There's different versions of Ezra Miller as well. So yeah, I I, I know, and I'm sure it'll be harder in you know that was a little arty movie that that really did. It wasn't a major major movie, but he did do it, and he did it quickly, and he just bit the bullet and did it. I sort of think that maybe they need to do this with um the Flash movie, um. You know, surely there's a way of doing it. You can cut, like I know really Scott cut corners on it. Like it's not like he hired. I don't think he got everyone back in to redo the scenes. I think he cut over the character of that that Spacey was playing. Do you know what I mean? I I think I don't think he got everyone back in to redo the scenes. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I don't know. It's 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 complicated. But I can't I can't see how you could get everybody in on this Flash movie, which seems to have a cast of thousands. It just doesn't seem feasible at this point. Um, but digitally, could you do it? Digitally, surely you could do it. I mean, Piper's going to be so much money, man. I but mean, they've already spent so much money on it, Rich. It's been, this movie's been point. in production for like almost yeah, 10 years. Okay. But then this is my, then it's a total loss, eh? Yeah. Like, 
it's a total loss because the amount of money you've already spent on this movie mm. and the money you would have to spend yeah. to to either reshoot or digitally get a different act in that movie, you will never make your money back. That, that, oh, no, that, yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. that movie is a loss. It's definitely you a loss. You will lose so much money. It might actually just be cheaper to fucking can the movie. Yeah. And, and move on with your lives. A years on streaming or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, it might actually just be cheaper to go, fuck it, maybe it's in the bin. Like, it, it would, might be cheaper. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I mean, I agree. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, I, I also can't believe that he's let his career come to this state. Like, what a joke. Well, I told right. you the guy's got absolute fucking mental problems. And then he definitely, on top of that, he's got drug problems. Uh, he's, he's, he's not right in the head, this guy. Yeah. No, he's definitely. Um, yeah, he's yeah. It's 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 all over for Ezra Miller, and, and rightly so. I'm looking at pictures here of Ezra Miller, and he just looks like a complete clown. You know, a guy who's just—I'd say he's got a hardcore drug problem on top of everything else. You know, I think it's it's got to be rich, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's funny, but also sad at the same time, honestly. Mm. Well, not really sad about him. Fuck him. But I'm thinking of the children and, and everything else that, you know, essentially could be victims here, you know? No, that's what I mean. Like, the, the when you read those situations, it's almost comical. It's funny. But mm. at the same time, the whole situation mm. is just sad. Like, you know, if he's actually... Sad, he's sad for the people that he's affecting. Mm. It's just one big sad fucking thing altogether. Uh, I, I mean, if he's found guilty, I, I wouldn't be opposed to him being shot, you know, like uh, by firing squad kind of thing. Uh, I think it might send a message. It might send a message to the to the people that you can't just fuck around like this anymore, you know? Yeah, so- I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Is, is that like the time where I asked if that guy could be arrested for treason when he wrote that Superman comic? <laughs> Yes, yes. I was deadly serious. I, I, I know you. Were, don't <laughs> Everyone knows you were. Anyway, you were well, deadly, deadly. Serious. I know. Well, anyway, moving moving away from they, Ezra Miller. Um, this is this is kind of weird. The Midnight Suns game. It came up on Xbox, and I thought, oh, is the Midnight Suns game out now? Richard, the last time I checked, Iron Man wasn't in the Midnight Suns, but he is now. <laughs> <laughs> the Midnight Suns is like Blade and like um, I got Ghost Rider and and maybe Wolverine. Wolverine was there as well, but 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 um, Iron Man was there, and I was like, since when is Iron Man a Midnight Sun? Oh, hang on, um, you might be confusing it with the game that's Sun with an S U N, right? So you're thinking of Midnight. Oh. Which is S O N S. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. So they're two different things. And then Midnight Suns, S U N S, is a video game that apparently will have Wolverine, Iron Man, and I'm sure a bunch of whole other I think Ghost Rider's in it, from what I saw. Yeah. yeah. It looked pretty cool. Like, um, it was a good image anyway. I, it just, I was just like, wow, I didn't realize Iron Man hung around with these guys. But I have, oh, it looks like there's a Captain America in there. I don't know who the person in the middle is. Mm. I don't know who the person to the right is. The writer's there, isn't he? I think I saw the writer. Let's see him. Oh, no, no, in a different picture. So it looks, that looks like Blade and Ghost Rider. 
I don't know who the chick is with the two swords. It might be um, that uh, Elisa Bloodstone or whatever her name is. You know, you know the one I'm talking about. Like she's. Um, well, it looks like Captain Marvel's involved. It looks like Captain America's involved. Doctor Strange. It's it an like upcoming magic, tactical um, role playing game. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, I, I think you're confusing the two different sons. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, um, push to the brink. The Avengers enlist the help of the Midnight Suns. Nico. Oh, it's Nico from. Um, or Nico from um, the Runaways, Blade, Nico, Blade, Magic, and Ghost Rider. Yeah, right. I knew that was Magic, even though Magic looks really fucking weird with that helmet thing on. Right. Okay. Well, as soon as I saw the flaming sword, I was like, "Oh, that's Magic from the X Men." And Iron Man's there as well. It seemed to be. Oh, there's a few. There's Doctor Strange. As I said there's Captain America. I can see. There's Captain. What Marvel. does a tactical role playing game mean, Rich? Uh, it's like chess. What? Um, have uh, what? I think we've had this conversation before. Um, have <laughs> you have you played? You've not played games like XCOM. No. Um, what the fuck is chess got to do with the Midnight Suns? So again, a tactical role playing game is basically you have a a character and they can move a certain distance or in a certain oh, area. This sounds kind so of like lame. Edge. And you've got to set them up and get them in range. Oh, fuck hell. Uh, well, like a, like they, is it on a chessboard or, or what? Like, or is it no, on? No, no, no. When I say chess, I just mean that there's there's um, turns involved and you have to move your character and certain characters. Okay. For instance, like XCOM, right? You've got a sniper. You can have a, a heavy. You can have a shotgun, you know, maybe like a runner. You can have like a medic. But because based on their class, some of them have a bigger movement range, others have a smaller movement range. Like your heavy would not move in such a bigger area. Um, uh, Is it like Baldur's Gate or something? Uh, not not quite like that because uh, that's more of a click and they just move. Mm. Um, this sounds like it sucks, man. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, no, no, hang on. So... Do me a favor, download the uh, Gears of War game on um, mm. on uh, Game Pass. Yeah, I like Gears uh, of War. No, 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 but it's not the it's not that Gears of War. It's a tactical uh, Gears of War, and if you if you play that, you'll 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 know what I'm talking. You, you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about. Um, it's not what I want, though, man. Basically, I, I want Marvel Ultimate Alliance with the Midnight Suns. Is what I want. Called Gears of War Tactics. Yeah. Just download the game. Just, just, just see, and you'll then know exactly what that game is going to be. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I can picture what it is, and I'm thinking it's going to suck hard. Um, well, this game probably will suck because of the it being a superhero game. But I love those tactical games because again, it's why? like tactics, man. It's like because it's about flanking. It's 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 oh, like being boy. a general, man. It's like you got to move your units. You got to anticipate the enemy. Yeah. I can play Total War for that, man. You know what I mean? No, but that's, but that's a grander scale. This is you're controlling a unit. Yeah, and in your yeah. unit, you have specialized, you know, it's like, it's like just um, think of it like uh, you special ops, right? Mm. You've got a unit that's made up of like four or five characters, right? Each of them have a specialty mm. and they have to achieve an objective, right? They're either going to take down the server or they've got to eliminate the enemies or they've got to get to the extraction point with a hostage. 
but it's tactical, so you're it's your. It's what are the graphics like? Belt. What are the graphics well, like on this? Oh, depending on the game, the graphics are, are pretty good. I mean, the the latest Exxon game is really good. The the Gears of War tactics is is phenomenal. Like it's it's very high for like it's. The problem it's, is, I'm a bit more like if I can be brutally honest with you, Rich. If I'm playing a console game, I'm more of a Doom guy than I am a like let's no, move characters true. around. I to think of this as more like a. Um, uh, it's a smaller scale version of, like, say, a tabletop Warhammer type game. Okay, you know what I mean. Well, that's They're, a bit better. You have, yeah, you have a map. There's a grid on the map. Your characters can move in a certain grid. Oh, okay, well, that's a bit better. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Warhammer. Said, download yeah. that game and you'll get what I'm trying. Like, it's very hard to explain. This no, type I, of- I, I, I have been it with Dion, and he's been playing his Warhammer, and I, I find that kind of cool. Yeah, it's a smaller scale, though, because obviously with Warhammer, you're dealing with a lot of units, but this, you just have one unit, and you got to you got to get your objective done with just your specialized squad. I guess so, Richard. I mean, I'm glad you're excited, but are you, sorry, you picking- oh, no, no, I'm not excited for this game. <laughs> I just generally like those sort of tactical games, but I don't think, I don't know how much I, uh, I don't really give a fuck about these Marvel characters. No. Well, I don't blame you. Um, now, something I am excited by, Rich, uh, TNT Shredder's Revenge. Have you, have you heard of this? Yeah, yeah. We uh, There was a fantastic trailer that they had for it. Um, yeah, it's out now, Rich. You can buy it. And, yes. Um, I, yeah, I remember it should be coming out. Uh, it won't have DLC, um, unfortunately, but there's up to seven playable characters, Rich. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, so it's like obviously the four turtles, Casey Jones, I think April O'Neil, and Splinter. That's seven, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so there you go. Dave has just listed them all off. Just bang, bang, bang. There you go. Um, so, yeah, you can play as all these characters. I mean, geez, no offense, April, but who's going to be picking April? You know? Like, um, I mean, she doesn't even have a weapon. I mean, it's, it's well, <laughs> it could be fun because I think from the looks of it, you could actually play with up to. Six people on the screen at a time, mm. so that'd be fun. So can they have you, to add them in. Can you play online with someone? Like, can I, if I get it on Xbox, can you get it on Xbox or, or not? Yeah, it's multiplayer. Uh, but is uh, is it online? It should be online multiplayer. You can't have six people sitting on a fucking couch playing this game. We should do it, man. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Hell all right, is. let's do it, man. Let's. I'm, I'm, I'm Leonardo, though. Okay, so I'll be Raphael. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just calling it. Yeah, I, I like them all. I mean, I like um, uh, Donatello as well with his stuff. But, uh, yeah, you want to be Leo, it's fine. You want to be technically the leader, but uh, I'll, we all know Raphael. I just, I just want to be the guy with the fucking swords, man. With the guitar, yeah. yeah. I also man. wouldn't mind playing a splinter as well. Um, yeah. yeah. That might be fun. Casey, yeah. You know what? Casey, Casey Jones. Jones. Casey Jones is the well. hockey mask. Yeah, I was going to say, Casey Jones actually coming in from, from out of out – you've got of, different moves with, say, a hockey stick or a baseball bat or a golf club, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, cool. All right, well, yeah, no, so um, that that's more for listeners as well um, if they want to check that out. Now, Adrian Palicki um, wants to return to the MCU as a major X-Men character. She was playing Mockingbird, I believe, in that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. She wants to come back as Rogue. She's on the old as well. Yes, I was going to say, she's on the Oval. Yeah, she's quite good, actually. Um, yeah, but she wants to be Rogue, Rich. That's apparently her big passion, to, to play Rogue. Um, you know? I, I don't mean to sound nasty, but I think anyone can play Rogue. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, you've got to work on your southern accent and you're done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, in the UK and Ireland, the Spider-Man movies will be coming to streaming on Disney+. And as per the update that you wrote in here, Rich, 
um, they're in Australia because we clicked on Disney Plus today and I saw the Spider-Man movies were there. I just got a – so I get the uh, – the because uh, I haven't bothered to turn them off. I get the Disney notification. Mm-hmm. And just as I got home from work and I was uh, um, getting ready getting ready for the show, the phone went off and it said, uh, now streaming on Disney Plus, you know, swinging into Disney Plus is Spider-Man. So I was like, oh, okay. So it's also come to – Is it all the uh, Spider-Man movies, like all the way up to No Way Home? Is it like uh, – uh, that's a good question. I was like, is it one, two, three, and then Homecoming? Um, well, I imagine it would probably be all of them because yeah. they're all owned by Sony. So why would Sony – because Sony don't have their own streaming service, so why yeah. would they limit it? I can tell you now. I can actually – You can check uh, it out. Um, check. This was weird. The Lord of the Rings Return to Moria is a brand-new game set to release in 2023 that is billed as the only survival crafting game set in the fourth age of Middle-earth. I mean – I don't uh, think- no, you are, you are right. Sorry. It looks like it is. It's not the No Way Home stuff. It's just the original Sam Raimi movies? No, no. So it's the, the three Sam Raimi movies, the two Amazing Spider-Man, uh-huh. and the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, sweet. Cool. But it doesn't look like it's the, um, the Marvel ones. Have they got on there the Amazing Spider-Man? Have you ever seen the early 80s ones with Nicholas Hammond? The, the two Spider-Man movies, because that was one of my first ever experiences of Spider-Man. It got me heavily in Spider-Man. I was talking about that 70s one. Yes. Have they got those yeah. at Disney Plus? No, I don't believe so. Because, dude, I remember watching them when I was a little kid, and I was, I mean, I know they would suck now, but, like, as a little kid, it made... I do like that they have Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah, they That's, have that, yeah. I've, I've watched a bit of that, too. Early yeah. 80s. And- yeah, it's awesome. Um. Yeah. No. It's it, it's cool stuff. Did you see this return to Moria thing, Rich? Is that meant to be ironic when they're saying the only survival crafting game set in the fourth age of Middle Earth? Like, I mean, what other game would be so specific? The only survival crafting game set in the fourth age of Middle Earth. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there's not that many Lord of the Rings games to be. Yeah. I, and also, what's a survival crafting game? What does that mean? Well, we've gone through this. You tried to play a survival crafting oh. game. You hated it. What was that again? Was that that Daisy thing, or something? It was. Was was it Conan? It could be Conan. Oh. Uh, yeah, you've got to like chop shit down, and you've got to build. And oh, to, that was know, the worst. And your thirst and your hunger. And that was Daisy as well. That Daisy or Day Z. When I went to play it, and I was like, "This is going to be so cool." And then I had all these loading issues. And then I got in there, and I was just running around. The graphics were so bad, man. And so, so it says here, it looks like it could be an online game. So it says here, uh, players will join forces mm. to survive, craft, build, and explore the iconic sprawling mines. Okay. So this sounds like it's going to be one of those um, mess uh, online build. games where you play with a whole lot of people. Right. I won't be playing. Fuck that. Um, Where's Ball's Planet of the Apes movie is reportedly aiming to to begin production this year. I cannot wait. This could be where they finally meet up with the original movie, dude. Why don't they just reshoot the original movie with with today's technology? You know? You damn dirty ape. No, I'm sure that his movie will t- take a well. It'll probably be slim, similar, but follow it maybe a different trajectory or something. You're no seeker. <laughs> I'm assuming in his in his prequel movies they haven't sent uh, astronauts up into space, have they? 
Incorrect, my friend. In the very first one, you there's a tele, on the TV. They talk about the the Mars rocket or something has just gone off, and they show them going off into space. So they teased it there. Okay. In the in the very first one with James Franco. The problem, uh, I don't know. Um, you finally it, it, done it. it. You it's get so that madhouse. Remake a movie that has such a iconic classic twist. Yeah, well, you know what I mean because. You, and, and and that's why um, Tim Burton tried to and failed subvert yeah. um, you know the the reveal to be something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just so hard to you know. It's like trying to capture lightning just in a bottle. Just do it, man. Like, like even without that, it's a great movie. I fucking love that movie. Well, that's why I would say they would. Uh, to me, they're going to do the movie, but it's going to be completely different, right? Mm. It's going to be where they're going to go. Look, everyone knows it's Earth. Everyone knows the, the planet. So we're just going to have these guys come back to Earth, and they're going to be completely like, "What the fuck is going on? What's happening?" You know, they they know it's going to be Earth when they come back. There's going to be no big like, "Oh my God, this is actually Earth. It's not another planet." That's the only thing I can see them doing because they're going to be like, "Look, we can't do the stupid reveal because." If everyone's been following the movies, they all know it's Earth. So it's kind of stupid to have that big... Can like, they oh do God. Charlton Heston's lines? A lot of lovers, but no love. I mean, I suppose they could do that. I'm no sure. seeker. What about you? Oh, is it, you're a seeker. I, I love that so much. I love that movie. She was to be our Eden. I'm <laughs> referring to the chick who died. <laughs> I think all those the Planet Earth movies are on Amazon. Oh, dude. You know, they're also on my shelf, the Blu-rays of the whole collection. I've got them all. Oh, is it on, no, wait. Is it on Amazon or is it on? It's on Netflix? HBO uh, Max, I believe. Um, cause it's Only a, I believe they all are. I I think they all are. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I've got them lined up on Amazon. Okay, maybe you're right. Or, or Disney. You know what, Rich? I don't know. But, like, regardless, you can get hold of them. Kids, if you're listening out there and you've not, and you only know the newer ones, yeah, yeah, all the Planet of the Apes movies, uh, including the prequel ones, are on Disney Plus in Australia. Okay, go check out. Yeah, you are right. Go check out 1968 Planet of the Apes, starring Charlton Heston. It is one of the best movies of all time. You know, oh, but while, while you're doing that, watch Battle of the Planet of the Apes and Escape from Planet of the Apes as well, and Beneath the Planet of the Apes as well. You know, where they where blow up the world. Spoilers. Awesome. I don't, I don't have someone on you. Well, just watch them all, but start with Planet of the Apes, 1968, Charlton Heston. Chuck Heston in top form. I love that movie. God, oh, my God, I wish we were still alive so we could get him on Signal. Could you imagine me talking to Chuck Heston? It would be just six hours of conversation. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't even rock up because I, I don't think I'd, I'd be able to say anything. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, that would be a dream for me, you know, to, to have that honour and that privilege. To just sit down, go through the career. Oh my God, Ben Hur, Ten Commandments, Planet of the Apes, Solent Green, Omega Man. Oh my Lord, was there anything the man didn't do? Jesus, what a career! Oh, I was actually watching um, El Cid. I was watching the Vincent Price uh, Last Man on Earth, which I think is yes, yes. It's based on it's based on the it's based on the um, I Am Legend novel. book, yeah. An excellent book. Did you like it, Rich, the movie? Yeah, I kind of wish I um, – because I watched the colorized version and I kind of wish I was watching the black and white version. Have you seen Omega Man with Charlie? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That one I saw years ago. God, I love that movie. I love that movie so much. 
It's so it's so good that movie. I I mean I know it's cheesy in how that how the vampires look, but just the fucking movie just rocks. Yeah, but it's good wholesome cheese. It is. It's great. Cheese. It's great, man. I fucking love it. Um, Blizzard promises Diablo Four won't be monetized like Diablo Immortal. They say Diablo Four will have an in-game store, but a number of Blizzard higher ups say will only offer optional cosmetics and full expansions. That'll make you a bit happier, won't it, Rich? Uh, I don't really care. Um, okay. I don't really play Blizzard games at the moment. So, really, well, you were Mister World of Warcraft, weren't you? Oh yeah, but I mean, I fell off World of Warcraft a couple of years ago. So okay, yeah, but if a new Diablo Four comes out, you're just going to turn your nose up at it, are you? I mean, probably. I mean, well, this is, Blizzard hasn't really been putting out much quality stuff lately. So, okay. um, all right. I yeah. mean, they fucked up um, uh, Warcraft Reforged. The last World of Warcraft expansion was absolute dog shit. Um, uh, Overwatch 2 is shaping from the sands of it to be absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, Diablo Immortal, yeah, complete fucking pay gouging. But I know it's a mobile game, but still, I mean, I think they went super overboard with the mm. monetization of that game. Um, I don't know. Um you know, but you know what? It's difficult because, um, you know, it's you got to remember it's not the same people that started all the stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and worked on the stuff for years and years. You know, as as they get older and they leave the company and stuff, you get newer, younger people in, and you know, they grew up different. You know, what I mean, it's it's that thing where they say, you know, um, the the people who were making the stuff didn't grow up with the stuff. Right, sure. they were creating the stuff, but then the people that come in, who maybe grew up in the stuff, they kind of view it a bit differently, or mm-hmm. they've got a different. And so th- that's what the problem is. I just think you know, um, not so much the talent, but just like sort of, I guess, uh, game design culture has changed over the years. And so I just feel like the you know, yes, was I a massive Blizzard fan back in the day when the those guys were working on the you know mm. the original guys and and all that were working on it. Yes. Have I have been enjoying the stuff, you know, as the old guard have been leaving and the new guys coming in? Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. But then isn't it weird because, like, Doom seemed to get it right? Like, when I play the, the last couple of Doom games, it feels awesome, you know? Yeah, but a lot of that were the, – the, the people making the original ones were, were also part of the original. Mm. Yeah, it's important to keep the – the feel, uh, I agree, and I know that Blizzard fans are very um, passionate fan base. You know, oh yeah, yeah. like if they're oh, yeah, not happy, there's a lot of people that like. Um, that I you see that I guess that's the problem with a lot of people, and I guess that's a. It's not a problem that I have. Is that I tr- I try not to wrap my identity up in the things that I like, mm-hmm. um, because the things that I like that you, you like change they. Sure. They could stop, you know what I mean? They they could end, they could change, they could be whatever. And I think if you wrap your identity up, it's hard to to let go. And so you tend to keep consuming or yeah. partaking, but you know what I mean? But it's almost like you're lying to yourself. Wow. Now I'm sure there are people that still enjoy it as you know, as much as they did before. I'm not saying it's across the board, but I think also a lot of it is just people like, Oh, but I've been playing World of Warcraft for so long. I've been playing it for like, you know, yeah, fifteen years or whatever. It's kind of who I am. It's part of my my makeup. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's my day to day. Huh? Uh, I'm saying it's like them saying it's my day day to day. You know what I mean? It's 
Yeah, it's their life. It's part of their identity. It's what makes them who they are. And I just mm. think that's very dangerous to do that with um, with anything, really. I mean, look at even like sports players, you know. Yeah. You, you sport could be your life and then you get a, an injury that completely takes you out. That's it. Mm. You, you've got no more sport in you. And it's like, okay, but well, what do you do with the rest of your life? Commentary. You say, oh, but my life is sport. No, but I'm saying not everyone can be, there's not that many commentary jobs. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So you've got to be willing to... Um, you know, as I said, if if I was not um, if I was not doing the show, I honestly wouldn't be watching or partaking in any of the Star Wars stuff. Honestly, yeah. like you don't have that option. Do you you don't have that luxury, though, Rich. You don't have the luxury. You're a famous. No, but that's what you I'm saying. I, but I'm not doing it because I want to, or that I'm like, oh, but maybe like, I'm just doing it because I'm like, hey, part of the show content. It's content. It's you know, um, Dave hassling you. Stuff. Stuff I can just bitch and moan about for. Yeah, I hear you, man. I totally, I totally, I, I understand what you're saying completely. But yeah, I, I, I've walked away from that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? I've yeah. just learned that it's much healthier mm. to just not wrap yourself up in it. And if it gets to the point where you don't enjoy it or it's not, you know, but then just walk away. Find something totally. else. Totally. Um, totally. Discover something else, you know. So, you know, well, I was yeah, not a big, yeah. I was not a big, um, you know, Dark Souls play and all that. Mm. Uh, but there wasn't that much games I was enjoying. And so I gave Elden Ring a go and fucking absolutely loved it. So just do new things, try new things, um, or just find old things that you never discovered back in the day. There's That's so many it. things you missed because you were so busy with that. You can go ac- go back and find other old things that you missed and you might go, oh, shit, I can enjoy that. And you find another thing, you find another Deep thing. Deep stuff from Richard tonight. Wow. Guides to live by, kids. Richard's just laid it down. Well, look, it's it, it didn't come naturally to me. I mean, there oh. was a part of me that was, uh, for a little while, was actually quite like, fuck, like, I'm oh. not enjoying Star Wars. What do I do? Like, right. you know, Star Wars is, you know, I've always been reading Star Wars. Like, there, mm. there wasn't a year of my life where I wasn't reading, playing a game, you know, or doing mm. something that was sort of not Star Wars related. Well, it's but- like, I mean, this is going to sound so fucking lame, but like, X-Men comics were <clears throat> for a long time just the best and now they suck. And mm. and if and like you know I I mean I'm not that guy but the, some people out there live or die by every issue you know they would probably put a gun to their head with some of the stuff that comes out today but like if you take a kind of more approach of like well I love these characters um, I'm happy to remember them how I liked them and, you know, I have the collections of what was good and if something good comes up again, you know, in the future, cool, but I don't need to follow their weekly ins and outs when they're going through just the worst moments in history kind of thing, you know? Yeah, well, it's actually comics that taught me um, uh, the 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 thing of, like, having to let go because, yeah. you know, I mean, again, I was a massive Hal Jordan fan, you know, big oh, yeah. And then, you know, they turned him evil and stuff and all that. And I didn't actually collect the Green Lantern stuff for a long time after that. Um, Just had uh, to let it go, John Lennon, watching the wheels. Yeah, but then, you know, I realized, you know what, I'm being, you know, I can't, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, Hal Jordan isn't my life. Like, you know. And so then, you know, um, you're similar. You're similar, but you're not quite exactly yeah. the same. Started, you know, collecting Green Lantern again, checking that and stuff and all that. But you know, never getting fully deep into it. And um, it's the same. Like any comic book series you enjoy, hey, you could get ten years out of it, but at some yeah. point, you know, that run or that whatever sure. that era is coming to an end. Well, everything um, comes to an end. All good things must come to an end. Yeah, but look, some things go for longer. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I, as I said, I mean, I've been I've been a massive fan of Star Wars since I was like twelve years old, right? Sure. Um, 
I, I and, and, and at that age, I was trying to get everything I could, magazines, sure, sure. you know, toys, stuff, anything that was so, because it was so hard to get. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, but that's what I said. Like, I mean, I, I played World of Warcraft for 15 years. And, mm, fuck. Um, you know, um, now towards the end, there was a bit more on and off. Sure. But, I, again, I understand. It's not easy, and I'm not saying it's easy. I'm definitely not saying, just get over it. But I'm just saying maybe it's if you're finding that you're not enjoying something, just, had just to make let it, it go. Day, have I wrapped my identity up in it? And do wow. I need to try and tackle that and find something else you to You've got to disengage, yeah. man. You've got to disengage, dude. If that, if it's getting you down, cut it loose. That's my well, philosophy. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's like with smoking, right? You don't just quit smoking. You've got to find something to replace that habit. And Co- what you're going to do is try and find a healthy <laughs> I was going to say, find a healthier habit um, <laughs> to replace that. Or you've got to try and find something to take your mind off sure. when you would normally. And that's the same with that. You've just got to find that other healthy thing to mm. sort of wean you off that thing that was a, such a big part of your life. Because there is stuff out there. I mean, I'm, I'm discovering old shit all the time. I'm, there's plenty of stuff, man. There's a, there's a you know, influx of media coming in all the time. But as you say, a lot of it's garbage, so you've got to be careful. Uh, so just wrapping up the news, um, there is a new Batman Aztec thing coming. in the fo- It's called Batman Aztec Batman Clash of Empires. Uh, in the time of the Aztec Empire, Uchali Kotal is a young Aztec boy who experiences tragedy when his father and village leader, Tol- Tolux Katzen, is murdered by Spanish cons- conquistadors. Um, conquistadors. Uh, Hill escapes to Ton- Teno Chilton to warn King Motsuma and his high priest Yoko of imminent danger using the temple of oh, Jesus Tixakanan. The bat god is a lair. Yuhuli trains with his mentor and assistant, Akatsian, developing equipment and weaponry to confront the Spanish invasion, pro- protect Montsuman's temple, and avenge his father's death. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, fucking hell. Like, I mean, that was a lot of hard names. So basically, it's just a Aztec Batman versus the Spanish. Um, Seriously, like, um, Batman is the Assassin's Creed of the comic book world. <laughs> That's true, actually. Like, what fucking era can we put? And, and funnily enough, in? I quite like it. I was like, oh, that seems like a good idea. Um, they've done a Japanese Batman. They've they did Pirate Batman. Batman. Pirate Batman. Chuck did Pirate uh, Batman. Batman. Well, they did a Caveman Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. geez, where have they not put Batman, honestly? Where where has there not been a Batman? No, I know. And um, finally wrapping up the news, Naughty Dog. And they said it's a movie, I think, that's coming out on like, HBO Max or somewhere. Oh, it's uh, an animated Animated, movie. yeah, animated movie, I should say. Um, Naughty Dog has confirmed that as of spring 2022, The Last of Us Part 2 has sold over 10 million copies. I mean, how many copies has GTA sold? I think it's hundreds uh, of millions. A lot, a lot more than that. Let's have a look. GTA Five sales. I reckon it's over a hundred million copies of GTA Five. I think it's the. I think apparently that it's it's like one of the highest, um, biggest things of all time that's sold in entertainment. I think yeah, GTA Five has sold one hundred and sixty million units since launch. Second, yeah, I kind of I, I well. So how long? What's that time frame? When did when did Last of Us Part Two come out? I don't know. A few years ago. Because I can tell you now, um, Red Dead, mm. what's it? Red Dead Redemption Two, mm-hmm. I think, has sold forty-four million right units in its life. Um, and I think, doesn't surprise uh, me. If 
first one, Red Dead Redemption, sold 23 million units in its life. Now, Red Dead Redemption 2 might be a little bit older than Last of Us 2, I think. But they're roughly in the same time period, you know. It's so, a, I mean, that definitely is not great. I, I'm sorry. I, I think there's franchises that have sold well more than that. So yeah. that's not that's not the flex that I think they think it is. No, I know. I agree. And frankly, I'm not I'm not gonna play it. I played half of Last of Us One and then I just eventually got bored and stopped. But um I I, I know a lot of people don't like Last of Us Part Two. I know it's got a bit of a divisive reaction from fans, um, I believe. Uh, now, uh, shopping with the gang. I've got a couple of things that I want to mention this week, Rich. Uh, the Midnighter, the complete collection, um, is coming out, um, which I think would be very interesting. I'm not sure who writes that, actually. I should just, just double-check that. I read a bit of the Midnighter, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, so they're putting it out as the Midnighter from the Authority, Rich. Uh, but was is, is this – yeah, but is this the – the new 52 midnight or is it the actual authority because if it's a new 52 that's just garbage well let's have a look i don't know actually that's a good point i in my mind i thought it was like a best of but maybe you're right actually it could be the midnighter uh complete collection yeah no that's the new 52 no that's garbage it's not good is it rich no 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 it's it's garbage Read, rather read authority. Sorry, Steve Orlando. If you want, if you want the best, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, read the authority. Just read, just read all the authority books. Read, the read book. Warren Ellis and Stormwatch and um, and the authority, and you'll get your midnight of there. So then we also had the the Catwoman of East End Omnibus, which covers Ed Brubaker's Catwoman run that I have so many times have said is my all time favorite comics, and it's it's collected in the Omnibus also with the Darwin Cook. Um, and I think uh, Tim Sale is involved there as well. So oh. Tim Tim Sale did Catwoman When in Rome. I believe that might be included in this omnibus, but it also includes, uh, I think, about 26 issues of Edward Baker's Catwoman run. And seriously, kids, it is Dave's favourite of all time, and you would do yourself a favour and knock yourself out and read that because uh, that is good stuff, Rich. Um, you know, how many times have I said Edward Baker's Catwoman run is one of my favourites, Rich? It's come up many times on the show. Too many times. Not too many times. You can't say you can't say it enough. Uh, then also, we've got one here that I know Rich will be endorsing. The Crush on Lobo trade paperback comes up, and actually, I'll endorse that you don't buy this. But actually, Rich, guess what? In uh, next week is your choice. The week after that, we're going to do Crush on Lobo uh, as my trade of the week. So there you go. Um, so you get, go well, down. And, you know what? I might I might be coming down with COVID. <laughs> I was going to say run down to King's Comics and pick that one up, Rich. Um, then we had next week a uh, couple of single issues are coming out of interest. New Fantastic Four One, which is a flashback to the nineties when the Ghost Rider, Spider Man, uh, Hulk, and who was the other one in the New Fantastic Four? Ghost Rider, Spider Man, Wolverine. So when all four of them took over the Fantastic Four, so Peter David is writing it, and its story set back in that era with the four of them being the Fantastic Four. Um, it's a, it's just like Ben Riley. You know how that was a five part miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing that with New Fantastic Four. So we'll do that next week. And also Punisher War Journal Blitz. Uh, it's another Punisher one-shot that's coming out to celebrate the return of Punisher to Marvel Comics. And, you know, unfortunately they've made him a ninja and leader of the hand, but that's beside the point. At least it's a Punisher title. Uh- <laughs> and, they've made, and they've made him a um, sociopath, I think. Well, you know, uh, that's okay. I mean, look, he's always been a fairly loose cannon, Rich, so... <laughs> 
never seen him as a sociopath before. Oh, what's a, is a sociopath? Well, I remember they had him as like a kid killing. Oh yeah, that sucks. Things yeah. and stuff and all that, you know. That's like serial killer behavior. I don't know. Fuck that. I don't. I don't like that. But um. But regardless, we'll do Punisher War Journal Blitz. Uh, now coming up, we've got Trade of the Week.
All right, Rich. So just before we do our trade of the week, Rich, I do want to confirm we were talking about uh, the Shredder's Revenge. If that's available on Game Pass, by the way. Fantastic. Yes. I'm just literally installing it as we speak because I went to buy it and then I realised it said it was on Game Pass and so I just installed it. So once again, Game Game Pass comes through with the goods, hey? Oh, yeah. Are you enjoying your um, Xbox, what is it, Series X? Uh... I do enjoy it when I play it. I just haven't I haven't been playing that much. No. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, so our trade of the week this week was my choice, uh, and it was Forgotten Realms, uh, what, the Crystal Shard, Rich? Mm. I think that's what it's called. Uh, like, it's the Legend of Drix, which is the Drow Dark Elf. Now, funnily enough, I read this. Uh, I, I owned this um, book. And I, the actual book itself, and read it, and it was like meeting an old friend again because I was very impressed that they managed to convert what was probably a 300-page novel into a 135-page comic, and I think did a good, did a good job. Um, covers the basics. It certainly doesn't go as deep as the novel, but it does cover the basics. It probably could have been fleshed out a bit more, but I thought the writer did a really professional job in sort of summarising the story of the book. And I thought the artwork by Val Simex was good as well. I was tempt- I was wondering what you thought, Rich, of it. What was your reaction to this one? Um, yeah, I mean, enjoyable read. Uh, I did it in, in uh, one setting, uh, mm. sitting on the couch. <laughs> um, uh, read it uh, in uh, episodes of um, Mythbusters. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, we Good pace. Uh, uh, they definitely condensed it well. Um, hit the hit the important bits. Um, Vel Simic, it's it's the art is still good, but I must say his art has changed, or his mm. art did change from like his earlier stuff to to this. I'll be, I mean, I'll be interested to ask him when we chat to him, sort of what, why he's because it's it's a little less detailed. Yeah than what he used to do in like his Conan and his Lobo and mm-hmm. and stuff and all that. You know what I mean? Like um I'm just curious if that was just something to like meet deadlines or you know if he was finding that maybe his his earlier style was a bit more slower. Mm. Uh but I mean it's still I mean it's still there. It's still, you know, great composition, great action, but it's just not quite as detailed as as some of the other stuff um that we've read. Mm. So he he did do a good uh, drinks, I thought. Um uh, like, I liked it. It was very fantasy kind of style, which is exactly what is this sort of is. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, though. Like, yeah, I agree. There's it sort of seems to be a bit less of a stylistic flourish. Um, he's almost kind of cooking to order here a little bit. And- yeah, like, there's a lot less uh, shading. There's a little less detail. Um, like, um, And as I said, that could just be of, like, I've got to pump things out. Maybe mm. he's working on a lot of stuff. Um you know, uh, but uh, it, it's a bit more in line with his um, uh, Justice League incarnations mm-hmm. yeah. art. Yeah. Um, but again, not as super detailed as, as some of his earlier stuff. So it'd be interesting to ask him about that. Why the change in in, in his style? Now, speaking of this, um, I remember this in the in the book. It it ends with the first uh, mention and appearance of the assassin, uh, Artemis on Terry. Mm. Um, which I recall uh, is the pro- prime assassin of Pasha Pook, and uh, he's after the artifact that the halfling has, and the and the halfling and himself. 
but uh, especially the artifact that he has that he you know uses to sway people's opinion and stuff. Um, so him turning, I was hoping he would turn up in the last page because I remember he very much turns up in the last page of the book, um, and so that was cool to see. Um, I, I really thought he did a good Drixt. I thought Drixt looked pretty much precisely as I imagined him. Did you kind of realise where the where the sort of I don't know what it is Jaguar or Panther came from? Because you sort of only briefly see the little idol here. They don't make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an idol that he yeah summons the. Uh, I remember the thing's name now. Um, like oh, it's got a long name, but it's from it's from so, sort of another dimension, and I'd forgotten that. And he, but you see. He says, Gunova has survived far worse than a little friend. She'll be fine. And you do see he's got the icon in his um, hands. Mm. Um, but they don't sort of spell it out. So if you were reading this for the first time, it was kind of not really spelled that where, where that animal came from, I thought, you know? Yeah, well, again, there's more. You can spend more time in the novel. Yeah. Maybe explaining stuff and all that. Um, you a know, good so adaptation, though. Like we've, you know, done a few adaptations, and I feel that, that generally sort of not don't work particularly well but I thought this was a good adaptation of the source material like you know I thought it sort of it, it held up to scrutiny I felt yeah I agree um uh, very, yeah very it's, it's very difficult to adapt uh, a novel to a comic yeah um, and do uh, it justice yeah uh, and and without losing probably some of the important mm. you know you you will have to maybe like gloss over some things you know you can't really go too much into you know, especially if you if you got a limit. I mean, obviously, if they were like, "Oh, hey, if you need <clears throat> ten issues, go ten issues." But obviously, they were told, "Listen, you know, you've only got like six issues or something like that." Mm. Then, yeah, you've got to just go. Okay, well, I just got to make sure I got all the important story beats and yeah. and character arcs in this, and some of the other stuff's just got to sort of, you know, some of the minor minor minutia and stuff's just got to kind of fall fall by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it, it's very good. Like, um, I know Chuck did the adaptation for Eye of the World, the first uh, Robert Jordan book. It was like a twenty-six part um, adaptation, and I think he found it. It was quite a chore, actually. You know, like um, it was it was very challenging kind of thing because the sheer amount, the sheer volume of words, you know, in description. Mm. Um, and, you know, at times a plot that moves quite slow, whereas the plot of Crystal Shard, it moves pretty fast. You know, like it's a it's a pretty compact little story. And don't forget, this was the first appearance of Drixt. Even though there are prequel novels, which I'm sure you you hate the idea there's prequel novels, but there are, um, this was the very first appearance of Drixt. This was the first appearance, this was the first book by Bob Salvatore in the uh, Forgotten Realms, like it was, it was oh, uh, you know, introing at all. I, I'm not, I'm not against uh, prequels in principle, mm -hmm. more in execution. Sure. Like, um, I'm just not a fan of, of of prequels in general, just because I find a lot of the time, yeah, they contradict or they change things or they 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 cause uh, plot holes or, yeah. or or inconsistencies. But if it's done well, mm. then you know, I have no issues with. Um, like like a prequel, if it's more just to fill in someone's backstory or origin, that's fine. Mm. As long as it doesn't, you know, as long as and and again, I mean, Salvatore did most of that stuff, so I'm sure he he, he you know kept. Uh, oh, he wrote all the all the Drix books yeah, are read by right. him. Yeah, but what 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 I was going to say to you, I think why these ones tend to flow pretty well um, mm. is because I think the novels themselves are a bit pulpy. Yeah, um, that you know they're not massive like four five hundred page. 
no. novels. They're, you know, about 300-ish pages. They're meant to be sort of, you know, read pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, because there were so many of them, you know. It's mm. very, like, pulp, so, which is great, which means that does lend itself uh, a bit more easier. Like, I mean, you know, trying to adapt something like bloody Game of Thrones into a comic would be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, just yeah. because there's so much fucking... Well, there's uh, so much expository information as well. Mm. Um, like you are right, these are more pulpy than anything, um, but the more expository information you can include in a novel, that's hard to convert into a comic all the time, you know? Mm. Um, mm. Like, yeah, it can be... It, it, that's where I think a novel can, has an advantage on a comic. I think you can do a lot more exposition dumps in a novel and get away with it that is tougher in a comic format, you know? Um, yeah, so that's, it's you know. But any, but as you say, it's a pretty fast-moving book. As someone who read the book, again, 30 years ago, but it's funny, some books leave a memory, and I remembered this book, and as I was, and, and certainly not if you'd asked me to recite the plot before I read this, but as I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is touching all the bases I remember and all the different factions and yada, yada, yada. And, and I remembered it ended with the appearance of the assassin just literally almost off panel, you know? And I, I like the way they did the tip of the hat to that because that ties into a big that's, – that's like uh, Drixter's arch nemesis. Um, and so I thought it was cool that, um, it, you know, it, it included that at the end. And uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. I, I, I very much enjoyed this. Oh yeah, uh, I think eight out of ten is a good uh, is a good score. That's pretty much where I uh, settled on as well. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. Again, it's uh, if you like, yeah, if you like fantasy stuff and you and you you're a fan of the sort of Forgotten Realms mm -hmm. stuff and you're a fan of of uh, Drix, um, it was definitely one to check out. Um, and I would say, in terms, I've often been quite critical of some of the comics that they've done. In the last, you know, ten years of Dungeons and Dragons, I feel that they rely on the comedy. This one didn't. This one just played it down the line, and you know there was a few little comedic moments, but it wasn't like a, a you know, a slapstick, which I find a lot of D and D modern comics love to try to be. For some reason, I can never understand. They want to really rely on the comedy, and I'm like, you, you don't need it. Like this was, this was just full on, good old fashioned adventure. You know, you know, kind of like what I can see the classic D and D style in a comic, and I think it worked really well. Um, you know, you don't need the, you, you know what I mean by that sort of hyper kind of madcap slapstick style. That that's a real feature in modern D and D comics for some reason. Yeah, well, it it it, it depends on the, sort of your artist as well because mm. um, I think the the good thing is uh, because Val's got uh, experience doing Conan, mm. I, he knows how to make things look uh, clean, concise, mm. uncluttered. You know, um, very easy to follow the action and the the characters. I find that a lot of um, And I think uh, Dynamite and, and Boom have mm. been where they maybe get an artist who's not very good. Uh, you know, sometimes they can make the art too cartoony mm. or sometimes they can just look a bit muddy uh, or stagnant and all that sort of stuff. Um, cartoony is a key word. Cartoony yeah. is something that they... Well, I think yeah. some people try and go for that sort of World of Warcraft yeah. uh, cartoony style with fantasy, which, you know, has its place. I mean, Joe Madeira's 
is uh, Battle Chasers, you could say, looks cartoony, but it's fucking high-detail cartoony that it's it's stylized, uh, but it looks wonderful. Mm. Um, it's just, it's Even though it's cartoony, it's the massive amount of detail yeah. that he has that, that really carries it. So, yeah, it just it depends. I mean, you can do cartoony. I mean, um, uh, 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 Waringo's uh, Talios series was uh, cartoony, but, uh, but it's... It's 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 not the cartoony. It's just the the panel layout. It's the composition. Um, you know, y- your style has to be consistent as well. So, cartoony is not necessarily bad. It's just whether or not the artist is good enough to. Yes, um, I totally agree. To, to add that extra detail to make it high level cartoony, like like high um, uh, detail cartoon, not mm. just simplified. Um, very uh, uh almost um plain mm. cartoony uh, almost like sometimes they look like it looks like a an animated um tv show just put on page where obviously animation doesn't have a lot of detail because you've got to keep drawing the same shit over and over um i think even you've got to go cartoony you've got to you've got to add a lot of detail especially if you're going to do fantasy definitely did you like uh, Waringo's um telios or telos however you say um, I definitely love the art style. Um, mm. The story I sometimes found a little bit hard to follow. Yeah, um, I find it maybe it was a little bit too complex. He was a, he was a great um, artist though, wasn't he? Oh, he was a great artist. But again, not all you, you know. Artist doesn't necessarily equal to oh sure, yeah. great writer. But it was still enjoyable. I just love I just love reading it in terms of just yeah. like, it yeah. was just looking at the page. I was like, this is just all wonderful art. So. It does depend on the artist, but I do agree with you. A lot of them get it wrong for sure. There's a lot more they get it wrong than get it right. Oh, you talk about like um, the cartoony the, style yeah, 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 of, yeah. of of stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even still, like I mean, I, I I'd like to check that out one day. The Telos thing, and we should do it on the show one time. You know, just because I'm a Michael Ringo fan, like you know, and, I, and I've never never read it. I, I'd like to you know check it out because I I love his artwork really. You know what? I mean, let's just we'll, we'll keep the fantasy going. Let's do that for next week. Then we'll All do right. the first volume awesome. of, Let's do of it. Telios. Let's do it. That's a great one. Wow, what a what a great segue, Rich. You're a professional. I try to be. It's almost like you've done a hundred <laughs> plus episodes of Signal. <laughs> you know, you just come up with that. Uh, well, I mean that that answers my next question. So, you, did you give this an eight as well, Rich? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was leaning, I was leaning towards like seven point five eight. So yeah, sure. I'll just round it up to eight. We know you're not a huge fan of the point fives, you know. No, I, I like to use them sparingly. Yeah, I don't. I use them all the time, but um, yeah, I'm going to give it definitely an eight to this. I was almost giving it eight point five, but no, it's actually an eight. Um, yeah. So look, in terms of signal of doom, thank you very much for listening. This is the final show of all time. No, it's not. I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely be coming back next week. We've got uh, lots of stuff coming up. Ed Greenwood's on the horizon. Um, there was. Oh yeah, I meant to mention this to you. Do you know the English cricketer Robin Smith? He's South African, actually, but he played for England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm trying to get him on Signal. Um, I'm a big, big fan, and he is around. And uh, I'm a, I am was a really big fan of Robin Smith. I think he was an excellent player. Uh, and he, he had a book out, which is a really interesting book that he had. Uh, really a good player for England, Richard. I don't know if you're aware of what he accomplished, but he was he was a serious player. He averaged in the mid-40s in the 90s when it was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, scored plenty of runs against the West Indies in Australia too. Lots, lo- lo- lots, of, lots of South Africans have carried the English team. Sure. 
Yeah, no, I know, but but I'm saying, but he was he's one of the guys that that he was one of the best English batsmen of the '90s, like for sure. Um, and 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 I tell you what, he he could play pace, real pace, South Africa, West Indian at the top of their game, pace. He and he scored several big hundreds against them, like and um, now he could play, and he's an interesting guy, and he has connections out here in Australia, and um trying to get him on the show, but he um, grew up in South Africa, Rich, uh, apparently quite a wealthy family. And um, he, he back then, he was all about sport. Like he was a prodigy at sport at a very young age, not just cricket, but all sorts of different sport in South Africa, like broke all the schoolboy records. And um, his father like motivated him and his brother who also played for England to, you know, play just sport, sport, sport around the clock. And he was saying, like, in, in South Africa, they didn't have a TV until he was about 14. And when they did have one, it was a little tiny black and white one. And they didn't um, – for them, it was all about being down at the Oval and playing rather than watching mm-hmm. um, and all this stuff. A very interesting guy. Very, very – I don't know if you know much about him, but comp- complex individual and an extremely nice man. And, um, uh, you know, he – I think he'd be great to get on Signal. We would talk about his career. I think we could, we could really, really wander down some avenues because I think he, he saw a lot in his time. And it was tough in the England team then because they were losing uh, through the nineties pretty much. And, you know, so there were a lot of guys were always one match away from being dropped kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. They're always looking for, um, you know, scapegoats. And yet he was a consistent cog in their machine for a long time. So, yeah. So that's, I uh, just thought I mentioned that to you. That's someone I'm trying to get on signal of doom. Um, Cause Jeff boycott, um, it's playing hard to get. Um, he's playing. He's playing a straight, very straight bat to all my inquiries. Is all I can say. Good old Jeffrey. Um, so yeah. So look, we'd love to get either of them on. I obviously love my cricket. Um, but if you do want to um, support Signal of Doom, um, we've got a Patreon. So patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, for as little as one dollar per month, you get access to a lot of bonus material. Um, Richard and I probably in the near future will do another movie for Cinema of Doom. Dean and I are going to do one. He's Dion's actually got COVID by the way. <laughs> Dion's got oh, COVID. Dusty. Yeah, he's got COVID. Yes. Yeah, so shout out oh, to any any excuse yeah, to Dion. Seriously, <laughs> exactly any excuse no, to avoid no, his commitments. Right. Now he's like, I think he's okay. I, I, I chatted to him. He uh, just you know what? I, he just really does not want to do that uh, Boondog Saints. I know. I know. He's letting Brian Biggie <laughs> down. He's he's letting Brian Biggie down. One of our biggest supporters. Um, and speaking of Brian Biggie, adding a demons with problems of the collective, you've got guys like Ray and Connor at Last Sons of Krypton. You've got Ray doing Into the Night. You've got Phil uh, on his many Capes and Lunatics show that he does with Lilith and Charlie and others. I've uh, got Ultimate Spidercast. You've, he, he does a ton of shows, actually, Phil, in fairness. I, I can barely keep up with them. Like He's got an Avengers one, Just League one, Green Lantern one. Nightwing one. I mean, God knows what he doesn't have. Like it's harder. It's he easier. The, he should just. He should just do them all. He does. Feel. feel no, I mean, like I mean, like literally every single character. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, I feel that's his ambition. <laughs> I, I actually feel that that's his ambition. I mean, the guy's a machine. Um. Yeah. But so anyway. So there's a lot of cool stuff on the collective. You got Ghost Spider Group. He's got all sorts. I am your target demographic. All sorts of stuff. Uh, on that note, Richard. So repeat again for the listeners what we're doing next week. But we're going to mm-hmm. do Talos. Talos by the late, great Mike Waringo, yeah? Mm. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Rich, is there anything you'd like to say to the audience? Any announcements? Obviously, we're looking for that nurse for you, Rich. Um, look, I will say this. I think, I think I think I'm beyond that. but Beyond the nurse? I'm not. I can tell you, my masseuse today, my body, well, no pain. 
Mate, I could have used one like two days ago where I literally could not stand. But you should have put the call out to me I've, then. I've, you didn't let me know, I've, so I I've turned, I've turned the corner. So, well, I'm not. I'm. I'm. A, I suffer in silence, sort of. You I, know. The exact opposite of me. Then, <laughs> I, I do not suffer in silence whatsoever. I feel if if I'm in pain, let the world share in my pain. You know. No, you no. Know, I'm very much. I'll, 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 I'll tell a funny story about it, like after after it's gone, but I'm not. And, and make a big deal about it. Fair enough. Well, the exact opposite of me once again, Rich. So <laughs> good luck to you. Look, on that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night.